and we are live once again. Episode 8, MCW Cast. I'm Legacy MCW announcer, Larry Legend. I'm Dan McDevitt. And I'm Tara. Welcome. Well, back again. There we are. In episode 8, getting a lot of great feedback over the weeks, the months now. We can honestly say the months. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, and I see uh, you um, You gave, gave Ken a nod there on Twitter for one of those... Those matches we were talking about. The ringless matches. Yeah, the no yeah. the no yeah. ring matches. And um yeah, um that's it can happen very organically like that. You know, Casanova, we, Casanova Valentine, the innovator, the right. king mm-hmm. of that's the like, no ring death matches. Yeah, he and, maybe gave a slight invitation to Ken. Well, Casanova has a show uh, that he's putting together that's uh, about to debut on Fight TV. They did a preview on YouTube. You can watch it right now on YouTube. It's called New Fear City, and it's really gonna be uh, an episodic no ring death match show, and I think Ken would be tailor made for that. And, and what I was going to say is, it happens organically like that. You just got to know how to be really good at Twitter. Um, so I made sure to tag Casanova Valentine, No Peace Underground, some of the you know real, really out there no ring you know productions. And yeah, Cass was like, "Hey, Ken Dixon, let's do a no ring soon." And Ken tweeted back, "Don't tempt me with a good time," you know. So. Ken was very vocal about his enjoyment of, you know, hurting things and hurting people and beating people up. So this sounds like this could be the perfect opportunity. Yeah. It's funny. When we look back on Episode 7, um, he talked about a myriad of topics. But I felt like that when we started getting into the no ring matches, he kind of perked up a little bit. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I really see the appeal of those. I'd love to get involved. And I'm like, yeah, okay. You can, yeah. tell, you can tell he has a real interest in it. Absolutely. Yeah. the same thing. Yeah, well, history of violence. Right. So it's it's tailor made for him. But yes, we are we are rocking and rolling as we like to say here. Uh, did we get any new subscribers? Any new uh, members in the coffee club? Yeah, I want to uh, thank uh, Kyle and Mitchell Heyman and Cindy and Corbin for their support. They bought us some coffees last week, and we thank you for that. And yes, glad indeed, you're following us. And and now we're uh, we're pretty much up and running on all the major podcasts. All of them. Yeah. Just, you know, people watching on Twitch, Facebook. And YouTube, which is the you know how they can consume it uh, visually mm-hmm, watching mm-hmm. the video, but from uh, if you're just audio, we're we're pretty much everywhere. Mm-hmm. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Pocket Cast, SoundCloud, Spotify, Radio Public. Yeah, we've got it all covered now. And if you are consuming, um, you are consuming um, only digitally, which is how a lot of people watch their pe- podcasts. Um, we'd invite them to maybe jump on our YouTube page. And kind of check out our content. If you're a wrestling fan, every week we uh, we upload. Right now we're not running live events, but we are every Friday on our YouTube. We upload Flashback Friday matches of the weeks. We got 20 plus years of history. Yeah, um, literally thousands of matches. And this past week um, was one I found interesting. It was a triple threat match from 2017, I believe. It was uh, MJF uh-huh. versus Brandon Scott versus Anthony Henry. Anthony Henry, who just um, just signed with WWE, and obviously MJF, who's on his way to becoming a major star. That was this past flashback, past week's Flashback Friday. So go on to our MCW Pro Wrestling on YouTube and make sure to subscribe to that YouTube channel for that content. Yep, a great match between MJF and, uh, like you said, the recently acquired property of WWE. I think that's really funny that everyone takes that picture that says property of <laughs> <Right>. WWE, <laughs> Anthony yeah, Henry. no surprise what you still talking about say Anthony Henry in our YouTube page his match versus Leo Hen- ver- his match mm-hmm. versus Leo Rush continues to be the top watched match on our YouTube page probably for like 6 months running i think 
just right. last month that did like 60,000 views or something like that in the last month. It's a, continuously the number one match. Not a surprise. It was um, it was special. Something. I'll tell you one thing. Um, in that match in particular, I don't want to stay on it too long. Anthony Henry was quite vicious. And Leo takes a real good butt kicking. So right. uh, I think that's one of the reasons I remember that match distinctly. Uh, just the two styles getting together. Kind of a dream match um, in a lot of ways. And just right. how, how uh, really Anthony Henry tapped into that vicious side of him. And as a fan, I kind of was like, hey, man, take it easy up there, man. This is just a show. You ain't got to hurt the kid, you know. Um, so, yeah. so he really did his job. And again, Leo, being such a good seller, you know, being in all that agony, it's uh, definitely worth a look. And to continue to give credit, say, to Leo... Leo is actually um, how we discovered Anthony Henry. He's actually the one that called me and was like, hey, I, I wrestled this guy. I think he'd wrestled him in, like, Carolina. Yeah. Like, you got to bring this guy in and let me wrestle him. So Leo was the one that kind of brought Anthony Henry to us at the time. I hadn't heard of him. Um, but he, but Leo kind of brought attention. And Leo was always great for that. A lot of the matches we had with Leo Rush when he was here was because he would call me and say, hey, I wrestled this guy here. Mm-hmm. you got to bring this guy down. Yeah, you brought the Jan- Janela Leo Tour so that, that, that I call it a tour because they've done it so yeah, many right. places Same in Leo. Yeah, thing. you know. Called me and was like, "You got to bring this Joey Janela in." Mm-hmm. It up, and I said, "All right." I always, you know, I, I, I uh, he earned trust with me, and I would just okay, man. I would tell Dean or RJ, "Hey, listen, you know, Leo wants to get this guy in or get that guy in, get him in." So awesome, and, yeah. Um, and if you're watching on Facebook too, if you are watching on a live stream on Facebook, make sure to right now share. Oh yeah. Yeah, like it, comment it, uh, give us comments in there. You can you, you don't have to just use the the Twitter if you're not a Twitterer. Uh, <laughs> not everyone is. You can you can I post your comments in the feed. Yep, and um, we'll go back and just tell us what you think. But yeah, make sure you share, do, like, like and comment in week. the feed. It mm-hmm. helps the algorithm and mm-hmm. helps push the feed out a little bit more. Indeed, and if you really want to help us out, share it on on YouTube as well. YouTube has a share uh, option right underneath That's the video as it's going on. You can tweet it. You can share the YouTube to your Facebook. You know, do. Right. We'll cross promotional branding here with all of the social networks. Absolutely. All right. Well, that's going to take us to our first break, I think. And, you know, then we got our guest, this week's guest. For episode number eight. Why don't you give us the intro? Later? It's going to be MCW Pro Women's Champion, the Gia Scott. And we're back here with our in-studio guest, MCW Pro Women's Champion, the Gia Scott. Gia, welcome to the MCW cast. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Thanks for coming on. Indeed. Mm-hmm. And so far, we, we've been really kind of rocking with a lot of the uh, first guests having attained accolades. We've had the Shane Shamrock Memorial Cup winner, Brandon Scott on. Of course, MCW Rage TV champion, Leo Rush on. Uh, the Sons of Soldiers of Savagery, uh, current Ring of Honor, uh, two-thirds of the six-man tag team champions. And now we've got another champion in our midst, MCW Pro Women's Champion, Gia Scott. So you are amongst great company is what this long-winded intro uh, is really uh, getting at the aim of it. So, yeah, we're glad that you came and graced us with the presence of the of the championship. Oh, no problem. She's got to show off Alicia a little bit more, you know, every now and then. Now, is that what you call her, Alicia? No, Felicia. Oh, Felicia, okay. Felicia. Well, bye. Yeah. <laughs> Claire, Mary, do you remember, i got to take you back a couple of years, do you remember the night that we introduced the MCW Women's Championship belt to the MCW fans? Do you remember? I, I remember it. That I remember. you and it was, it was one of those times where I really felt, you know, and even being here right now for the cast where I felt like that MCW was really my home mm-hmm. because this was the first new championship to be introduced yep. to the MCW echelon of, of titles 
uh, in years. So I just happened to maybe be down visiting for the holidays or whatever it was. And Dan, you and Bruiser were like, you got to come down. Come on down. I didn't even know what it was all about. And then I saw we had this huge title ceremony presentation I was like yeah I'm in the right place you yeah know, was... we, and it, you, you had done the introductions mm-hmm. and I came out and I presented it yeah I remember holding it up yeah and I thought I that just crossed my mind just now as I was sitting here looking I was like wait I remember introducing this that's right so our lineage mm-hmm. in MCW as veterans as uh, OGs uh, <laughs> yes. is connected directly to this the championship mm-hmm. we introduced it to the crowd and it's still beautiful um, oh my gosh like mm-hmm. I love the color blue so like just staring at it like every single day is just like ah, oh, such a beauty. Yeah. And everything. So. Do you have a special place in your house where you display? Oh it? yeah, I put it like right in the center of my house. So when everybody comes in the door and they mm-hmm. look like they turn to like to the right, and I was like, oh, right there. And then like, like oh, you, you know, you're a champion. I'm like, heck yeah, I'm a champion. <laughs> and then there's the tag title right there too. But it, it's right there. You can't nice. Miss it. Yeah. You, you can't miss it. You guys, you put people on notice when they come into your place. Oh yeah. The home there's, of there's, champions. Oh yeah, home of champions. You gotta, you gotta look at it. You gotta see. It. You gotta be like, ooh, what's this? We'll tell you what it is. <laughs> now, how's that been? Um, you know, uh, having a relationship in in the industry and also being with a, another champion. Uh, what was that journey, or what has it been like for you to both be recognized champions here in MCW Pro and kind of making a name for yourselves together as a power couple? Because for um, those that don't know, that may be watching. You're with dating one half of the current yes, Dion tag team champions. Yes, yeah. it's uh, it's been a big roller coaster just from starting off as just students and mm-hmm. then being able to win uh, championships here at MCW. It's it's been a roller coaster just being able for me to be able to get the MCW Women's Championship. That's all I wanted when I first started, and to be able to have it, it was a really bittersweet moment for me to obtain it. And for Dion, it was just like. I'm here, I'm at the top of the mountain, like, this is mine. And then every time, like, we're home and sometimes we can be talking about wrestling, he's like, yeah, well, my title's bigger than yours. And I'm like, all right, well, I got the title. I got a, ti- a championship first, so so what's yeah. up? <laughs> so we'll go back and forth about that. He's like, your title's so small. Like, it's not even heavy. Like, feel mine's, mine's heavier. And I'm like, okay, whatever, whatever. I don't care. Like, this is my Felicia. She's mine. I'm just happy to have her. Right on, yeah. So, it's it's been a big roller horse and everything, and it's like different from when like people recognize you because like you are a champion versus like when I first started, nobody knew me. Yeah. So it's it's very much different. Like I still consider myself like a regular person and whatnot, and, I, and I'll never have that change about me. But I remember. I'm sorry, I'm jumping around, but I remember no, you're fine. when Dion won the title, and I'll never forget. I think it was me and a group of friends. We went to Royal Farms because we wanted to stop. And at the show, you know, there's like Royal Farms like right up the street. So he's like, I'm going to take this title in with me. And I'm like, please, God, no, don't. So he's like, no, I'm taking it in with me. Did he? So, oh, no, he did. Yeah, I bet so he did. You could ask him yourself. Yes. Like, so what happened was is that we're going around Royal Farms. And he's like, I'm the champion. Do I get a champion's discount? And I'm like, oh, my gosh. What? All to like, his he's head. Like on his shoulder. And he's like. I'm the champion, dude. Do I get like a champion discount on 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 the uh, on the chicken? And this woman's like looking at him. She's like, no. Yeah. <laughs> like I told you, just please put the title away or something. He's like, no, I'm a champion. Have fun. I gotta show off with it. And I'm like, okay, but. Not at Royal Farms. Right. Like, right. Like, there. go to an elementary school. Read to school children. Yes. Take the yeah. belt there. Yeah. Like, go. Let's go there. Let's, 
everything else not at Royal Farms. Like, let's not do this here. That must have been one of his earlier title reigns, I would imagine. And it's mm-hmm. funny that you mentioned that because, Dan, you may not remember this, but at one point, Leo and Patrick were the MCW tag team champions, and they had a booking in New York. And I remember they bought the they bought the MCW titles with them. And uh, Leo, being in New York and not knowing this locker room, he left his title in the car. Patrick bought his title in to the venue, I guess, to kind of like Dion flaunt, like I'm a recognized champion. Went out to do his match. Title's just in the backstage area in his bag. And, um, you know, I, I, I pulled him aside and I'm like, this is the MCW Tag Team Championship. I wouldn't expect to see it in a New York City <laughs> locker room, but here it is. What's it doing? It's just laying here. And uh, Patrick was like, oh, yeah, I just bought it. And I was like, Leo, did you bring yours? And he's like, yeah, but mine's in the car. Oh, and I look at Patrick and I was like, yeah, that's a safe place for it to be because we don't know these people and who might be like, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, early on, this again, early on in Patrick's career, uh, maybe just kind of being like, gleaming in his eyes that I'm a champion like you know I want everyone to see me with this but that's uh that is quite the story you kind of threw Dion under the bus there and when we have him on I'm gonna be like so do you you hear that fried chicken with the uh with the championship belt at uh Royal Farms or I would love to bust Dion's chops about it but when I was 19 and I won the MEWF light heavyweight championship I couldn't wait to take it into work the next Monday. I walked around the kitchen and I had it with me at work and I put it up on the shelf. Right. True story. I'm a recognized champion. Yeah. Yeah. I took it and I brought it into work, work in the kitchen at Chuck E. Cheese. Oh my God. I set it up on the shelf. And I went about making pizza. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. True story. True story. And uh, the Chuck E. Cheese in Catonsville that was in Westview. Yeah. I was just so proud. You know what I mean? I couldn't wait to I couldn't wait to bring it into work and show everybody in the kitchen at Chuck E. Cheese. Well, that was um, <laughs> what, what title was it? No, the MEWF Light Heavyweight. Champion. Oh, the Light Heavyweight. Okay, yeah, because the Mid Atlantic was a really yeah. beautiful belt. That red yeah. leather belt with the silver. Yeah. I remember that yeah. Bob Starr had that last. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, well, that's just uh, growing pains. And speaking of growing pains, you know, with all of our guests here on the MCW cast, we like to hear about the origins, like. How Gia first discovered and yeah, the got, beginning. How yeah, did you get into wrestling. What got you? What, what oh made boy. you? What made you want to chase this crazy dream? Uh, so in the beginning, I, I really don't. I know everyone has like age. Like I started at five or I started at three. I don't remember what age I was. I really don't. But I know that my uncle was heavily, still is, uh, heavily into watching wrestling. So I'm probably like coming down the stairs and I see like him watching wrestling. I don't know who's on at the moment, but I'm like. Oh, they're beating each other up. Okay. Let me go watch. I'm yeah. like, I don't know what this is. So I go over and I sit down. I'm like, I'm probably playing with something in my hands. I remember it was. It was probably a game. It might have been like a Game Boy or whatnot. So I'm like sitting there watching it with him. I don't know who these people are. I'm just I'm just looking and watching. So from there, we would continue to watch it together. And sometimes we wouldn't be able to because I'll be over there uh, with uh, my, aunt, my uncle on the weekends. And on the weekdays, I would be with my mom because I was in school and whatnot. Right. And the only exception I could not watch wrestling at the time was on Mondays. And for me being in elementary school, and I think uh, what Raw started at like nine or was it eight or something like mm-hmm. that? Eight. Maybe eight. Seven, yeah, eight, eight to. Oh. And they moved it around. I think. Yeah, yes. trying to compete with one another. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, but it was during the Monday Night Wars, I yeah. guess. Or 
For me, it was more around when uh, I guess... God, I'm dating myself. It was probably later than the Money Night. Yeah, 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 I was thinking that too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I thought about her age and was like, oh yeah, I am like three times her age. Yeah, yeah. that was going to be my next yeah. question. Like, yeah. who do you do you remember first? Kind of being like, oh, yeah. I'm latched onto this person. I want to watch to see what they're going to do. Who was like your first kind of idol, if you will? From what I was told, my aunt told me it was The Rock. Of course. And I don't remember that because Probably. I was so young. Yeah, yeah. I right. don't remember. I'm like, she's like, yeah, it was The Rock. I'm like, are you sure? She's like, yeah, it was. And I'm like, I mean, okay, all right. If, if you say it was, then it was. Now, who was the first female wrestler that you were inspired by or took a liking to? I know everyone says this, but I have a reasoning for why I like both of them. And, of course, it was Trish and Lita. Uh, the reason for it is because when I was younger, I was bullied heavily mm. uh, just for being tall, which is really weird uh i was like the t- one of the tallest kids uh when i was growing up uh, i was probably one of the tallest kindergartner as well but uh with trish she was really pretty but also she was wrestling and from me just seeing guys just doing it i was like wow this is actually pretty cool like someone who's pretty and can do this like this is awesome mm-hmm. right. and then i saw uh lita she was the opposite of trish just versus her being like kind of pretty preppy and whatnot lita was like what's the word i'm looking for like alternative she yeah. was the alternative of trish and yeah. she was still lita was still pretty but yeah. she looked very punk she like i can't even say what i want to say but she looked like she could really kick someone's butt yeah putting I, that in a, a light yeah, perspective that, that was yeah. one of the the that was the uniqueness that she brought to yeah. that period. She wasn't blonde. She wasn't, no. you know, she didn't have the same typical look, and she could bring it. So, she, yeah. I think she had tattoos. Yeah. Yeah, she yeah. had tattoos. So yeah. I was just like, man, like, right. this girl is awesome. Yeah. So I, like, wanted to, like, inspire it to be something of that. Or just when I was watching that, I was like, man, I wish I could be, like, cool, confident, or pretty when I go to school. Like, because I did not have a lot of self-esteem mm. as a kid. And I know some people don't. But for me, when I was being bullied, I didn't really have that at the moment. I was like, man, I wish I could be like these these women because yeah. they look so awesome and so cool. So those were two of my biggest inspirations uh, as far as women when I was growing up. So we're talking Lita, Trish, The Rock. I'm going to say, yeah, maybe um, Ruthless Aggression, like 2005, 2006 Probably. is what I'm going to possibly think that that was when you yeah. really got hooked and enamored to uh, the yeah. world of professional wrestling. Yeah, that was that was around the time that I was watching everything, and it, it's funny because like I wasn't I wasn't a Raw girl. I was a SmackDown girl because at the time they came on on Fridays. Well, yeah, at the time they came on on Fridays, and that was the only time I could really watch wrestling because it, it's a Friday. You know, there's no school. Ooh, right. yeah. yeah. So, like, my mom really didn't care. Like, if I was up, well, I mean, she would want us to go to bed at, like, a good time. But, yeah. like, she wouldn't be like, all right, it's, like, 10. Because it's bed. Friday. Yeah. It's where you've been going to bed on time all week. So, yeah, let, so let the kids, yeah, you know. So, she let me watch and everything, and I remember just the big old blue fist. Okay, yeah, so we, yeah. that's definitely ruthless aggression. Um, yeah, the yeah. I remember all of that, and, oh, man, like, it was just so awesome to watch as a kid. Like, And I think the one thing I did like about it is that the fact that, um, it one, it was cool, and also, like, a lot of people at the time didn't like it. Mm-hmm. That From where I was from, a lot of people didn't really like it because I think at the time they were, like, saying, like, oh, wrestling's fake and whatnot. So I didn't care. I was like, I like it. It's cool. It looks awesome. So I'm going to continue to keep watching it. 
Wow. So we've all battled through that. Yeah. So, and yeah, that's... You know, again, a lot older than you, but even the one thing that has changed um, is that every once in a while, like the Attitude Area era, wrestling will go through these phases where it gets really cool. Mm-hmm. But then it goes back to the... Oh, it's fake. Isn't it like a seven-year cycle or it something? Is. Where so no, it really is. Like it's really no. Is. Like so if you look happens, at the ratings yeah. and everything, and yeah. they'll they'll track it. It mm-hmm. it does. It ebbs and flows in like a seven-year cycle, where Believe it's up on top yeah. and then it drops. And having lived through some of these yeah, cycles, multiple cycles, because we're a little <laughs> yeah. bit older than you. But not <laughs> well, as a matter, I mean to to hammer it forth. Like we remember the first episode of SmackDown, yeah. and now here you are, a guest that's talking about how SmackDown was the show. That you really got to see. And mm-hmm. uh, even when it was on Friday nights, remember SmackDown was mm-hmm. Thursday nights? Thursday nights. Mm-hmm. And then it moved to Friday and we're like, what are they doing? It's on Friday. That's, uh... I remember pre-SmackDown days. Yeah, <laughs> you know, when yeah. SmackDown wasn't even a thing. You just had Raw. We remember Superstar yeah. days, yeah. you know? Well, we had In Your House. Uh-huh, yeah. Wasn't it In Your House? Yeah, that's what I, I think so, yeah. That I was remember. the 90s. So what was the same? Mm-hmm. When I was getting into it in the 90s, I'll never... That was always what I'd hear when I... In early 90s and this... Mm-hmm. And, Oh, I want to do that. It's fake. It's this. It's that. And then all of a sudden, as we got closer to the close, the close of that, um, of that decade, um, yeah, all of a sudden the re- the Monday Night Wars happened, and then wrestling became for probably seven or eight years the mm-hmm. really cool thing that every Stone Cold, and mm-hmm. yeah, right? Um, and then it was cool, and right? Then it went back to yeah. Everyone was like, oh, uh, wrestling's awesome. Wrestling's cool. Like, did you see that? Whatnot, so I, I well, and then there, there was this period of a lot of movie crossovers too, um, following this time period that you're talking about, mm-hmm. where you know The Rock was in multiple movies. Yep. You know, there there was a lot of crossover where people who weren't wrestling fans all of a sudden were like, "Oh, that guy, he's a wrestler too," yeah. or you know what I mean. Yeah. So I think that there was a, it was just a, a, a flow of entertainment there yeah. during that time period that got people outside of the wrestling world looking at wrestling. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Now, what was the moment that you decided you wanted to be a wrestler? Oh, boy. I'll never <laughs> forget this. Um, this During this time, it was when the authority was still together. Okay. And I'll never forget. It was a December It was a December show. It was probably like the, the, like the end of December. I forgot what show it was, but all I remember is that uh, Seth Rollins was going to curb stomp Edge's head. I forgot, like, I think it was maybe had something to do with John Cena, maybe, at the time. I'm not completely sure. But all I can remember was that he was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And I'm like, oh, my God, please don't do it to Edge. Like, please, no. I know exactly what you're talking about. Edge had come back as a special guest, and Seth Rollins decided to use him. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm going to kill him because you know he has a bad neck. And if I give him a curb stomp, he could die. Yes. And to get John Cena to acquiesce and give him his way. Yeah. Yes, I was so, like, scared. I'm like, please don't do this to Edge. And I remember, like, like Edge being my everything at the time. And then I'm like, please don't do this to him. And I'm like, I'm on the verge of tears because he's really about to, like, actually end this guy. And then, like, the crowd is, like, into it. Like, you can hear the crowd. Mm. They're like, no, no, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. And at that moment, like, once, like, the show ended and everything, and I'm just, like, in awe, like, I was really emotionally invested in, like, what was just going on. And then, like, being there for that time, uh, because I I only know that I wanted to do two things in my life was either modeling or wrestling. And the modeling didn't work out. So when I kind of, like, went to the show with my uncle and I'm, like, hearing the crowd, like, you're getting into it. And literally the sound of the mat, because I've never really, like, been kind of, like, that close to a mat before and just hearing it and, like, the uh, the sound and I think they had pyro then maybe um, Kane was there too 
did not like his entrance, uh, but the fact that I was able to absorb everything in within the matter of hours and then once the show ended, I'm like, man, I really want to do wrestling. Like, they had everybody invested and involved, and I'm mm-hmm. just like, what if I can do that? Like, maybe I can do that. So that's where it all started. How old right were you, there. like, at that point? Just wondering. Hmm. I want when you to. When you were like, I want to do this. I want to say 15 or 16. Yeah. Okay. Was that a show at the Baltimore Arena? Yes. Okay. I would want to say 15 or 16 because mm-hmm. I remember after that, um, I asked my mom and I said, Mom, I, I think I want to become a pro wrestler. And she's like, okay. And I'm like, I think I want to go to a couple of schools. And she's like, okay. And then <laughs> uh, I was like, I got a couple in mind. And we looked at a few and the sad part about this is when I was, like, 15 or 16, I contacted a lot of schools. And some of them got back to me. Some of them didn't. And some of them said that you have to be 18 or older. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, man, like, this is really hard. Like, I got to wait until I'm 18. But then I remembered, I was like, wait, didn't my uncle, like, take me to, like, a show? And I was like, wait, no, he did. So I contacted him. And I was like, hey, what was that show that you took me to again? And he was like, uh... It was MCW, and I'm like, oh, okay, so I go on the website, and I'm, like, looking at it, and I'm, like, studying it, like, up and down. And what and show was that, was that? Was that? Uh, the show was uh, The Inferno. It had Booker T there. It mm-hmm. was... Uh, the Green Room. The Green Room, yes. Yep. It was yeah. a Green Room. And I remember, like, that that was the first time, like, I was actually near a ring because I've always seen it on TV, I've always, like, looked at it on TV or computer and whatnot, so I've never been in front of um, of, a, of a ring like that before. And that, and that, that close um, mm-hmm. that close upfront atmosphere of an independent, yes. did that kind of make you maybe connect to it more? Like, yes. just being really, like, almost like you can touch it. Like, not like yeah, WWE no, yeah. at the arena, mm-hmm. everything seems so far away, yeah. but that's what always attracted me, when I was younger and would go to indies and find indies in the local area, I'd be like, man, this is so much different mm-hmm. because you can almost, like, touch it. I was, I was so like, I'm that close to the ring, and I'm like, I want to get in. That, yeah, <laughs> that's that you right row? there, isn't yeah. it? In the front row. Yeah, right there, that's hug, my hug. uncle. That's me. And Hugging Booker T. Look yeah. at that. <laughs> it was awesome. Like, we were that right, close Charles. to the ring. Yep. A long, uh, old, long-time fan, yeah. Charles Donaghy. I remember that I was very hesitant about going to MCW because I was so heavy on, like, watching WWE. Mm-hmm. And then, like, how it started was, is my uncle was like, hey, I got front row seats. And I'm like, ooh, where? And he's like, to this wrestling show. And I'm like, is it WWE? <laughs> he's okay. like, no. And I'm like, uh, okay. And he's like, Booker T is going to be there. I'm like, I'm sold. I'm sold. So we go there, and everything is, like, you know, different. It's a different atmosphere. But that's okay, because towards right. the end of it, I was hooked. I was yeah. like, when's, when's the next show? Where are we going to the next the show? The green room crowd was very enthusiastic. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, the, the building, not so much. But, like, the crowd, yeah. like, you've, you've talked a couple of times yeah. about that, that energy from the crowd. Yes. And the green room fans 100% could bring it. Yes. Yeah, I, I definitely remember it that. It was entirely there. And I remember my uncle, like, we both fell in love with it for our first time. And uh, for him, I'd say Black Wall Street was the reason why he fell in love. Like, he saw them. They were, like, a really strong, dominant group. Yeah. And he was like, that's my team right there. And he got a shirt that same day. <laughs> and I didn't like them. And the only reason why is because, well, yes, they were, I'm pretty sure they were heel at the time. 
And the only person I did not like in that group was Amber Rodriguez. I did not <laughs> like her. And she just didn't want to touch anybody. And I'm like, what makes her better than her? Like, everyone else, like, why does she want to touch anybody? So I didn't like her for, for the longest time. And it was just because of them that we were able to connect and brought us back into, uh, oh, there she is. And that's how... Um, we were able to come back because mm-hmm. we were able to know more people. Like it started mm-hmm. from Black Wall Street and it grew bigger and then mm-hmm. bigger and then bigger and whatnot. And so it just grew from there. So like, it's just it's amazing. Like it feels like a long time ago, but it but it, it was not seven today. years ago. We're gonna yeah. talk more about that after we take a quick break. We're gonna talk about how you signing up at the MCW Pro Wrestling Training Center and talk a little bit more about that journey and um, some of the competitors you faced along the way. So stay tuned. We'll be right back with the MCW Women's Champion, Gia Scott. All right, back with uh, MCW Women's Champion, Gia Scott. So Gia, when, when was it, refresh my memory, when you actually did, you decided you, um, to come in and sign up at the training center. So I remember that uh, at the time I was probably what, uh, two, mo- two months from just turning 18. And I remember the class was, uh, I believe, April. It was in the, like the earliest of April. And the during that time of last year, my mother passed away. And I remember that she uh, kind of put money away for me, my brother, and my sister. I'm the middle child. Um, just throwing that out there. But um, I wanted to use the money to get kind of get into wrestling because I remember when I was looking at the MCW page, it killed my heart that like the whole total package was like three thousand dollars. That's what it's always actually been, <laughs> believe it or not. Like even from yeah, like twenty years ago. Yeah, it's three thousand dollars, yeah. No inflation here. $5,000. Yeah. yeah. Well, actually, 3000 I think, is for wrestler, but if you were ref or manager or uh-huh. second, yeah. it was 1500 right, right. because that was the category that I fell into uh, when I got involved. I didn't mm-hmm. want to be a wrestler, so I got the ref uh, manager second rate. But, yeah, that's it's pretty accurate. It, it, broke my, it broke my 16-year-old heart. <laughs> oh, yeah, at 16, that seems like, a, you know, a million dollars. Like, oh, how yeah. am I going to get $3,000? It broke my heart at 18. Like, <laughs> right? It's like, like – I got the money, and I remember that I'm driving to the MCW school with my uncle because he was the one that, uh, like, I started, like, he got me into wrestling, and he wanted to take me there. And so I'm like, I have this money in my hand, and I'm like, I'm never going to ever hold this amount in my hand ever again. But it's for a good cause because I know if, like, if I had that money today, I'd probably use it on whatever. Like, (laughs) anything besides wrestling. And I thought to myself, I was like, you're getting this money. Now, you can do whatever you want with this money because it's like uh, $3,000. But let's say five years from now and, you know, you don't have that money anymore. And you're like looking back, you're like, man, I had $3,000. I could have used that to be a wrestler. What what if I was a wrestler? You know, like anything could have happened. Mm-hmm. So I didn't want to be like five years from now and looking back and like, man, I could have been a wrestler, you know. So I remember I went to school with my uh, my uncle. Dean was the one who does the paperwork. RJ will say I never do paperwork. So <laughs> I always fell on Dean. That is true. Always fell on Dean. So uh, I'm here. Dean asked me. He was like, okay, how old are you? And I'm like. I'm 18. He's like, oh, you're a baby. I'm like, yeah, I'm a baby. So um, 
sign up, gave him the money and everything and whatnot, and it was just off to the races from there. I believe in my uh, beginning class, I was the only girl there. I was the only one that uh, that uh, that signed up and whatnot. So it was, was it, it was hard. What was your yeah? I was going to ask you what was um what was your initial impression? Um, a lot harder than you thought. So my impression was is that yes, it was going to be hard, but I didn't think it'd be that hard. Like yeah. intense cardio, mm-hmm. wrestling. Uh, what took me out mostly was was the bump because I remember I think I was uh, a few days in, and that Wednesday uh, I was in high school and I had an SAT test to take care of, and my teacher said like if you don't do this, like you're not gonna get into college or something of that reason. I'm like, all right, fine, I'll, I'll go. So I remember that Tuesday, once training was over, I went home, I slept, I woke up, and I'm like, I can't, can't turn move. my head. <laughs> I'm like, oh, why does my back hurt? And I was really thinking about not going to school the next day, but I was like, I have to go. So I went, and I was just like, man, I'm so sore. I don't want to be in school. I want to just rest and whatever. So I wasn't expecting like it to be really intense on my body. Like I knew like it was mm-hmm. going to be intense and it was going to be hard. And I feel like a lot of people don't realize that. That's the truth. Yeah. The, the truth is the ring. Yeah. When I always mm-hmm. when I, I tell you know all the years I've been doing this, it the the ring is the reality check. Yes. Right. That make you know and so many people over the years and, and you probably get it too. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Um, that's always the conversation, and people will say, "Oh yeah, well, what, you did that in the wrestling. Well, what's that? Is that ring like? What's it made of to make it so soft?" Oh and I'm goodness. like, <laughs> "It's anything but." but right. I'm yes. like, "It's wooden right. steel yeah. and a little bit of padding." Mm-hmm. And right. I'll never forget too my first bumps, and just bone jarring and your mm-hmm. body, and I'm like, "Oh my god!" You know what I yeah. mean? Like this is what the ring feels like because mm-hmm. it's nothing like people imagine. Right. It feels yeah. like they think. It's a, a mattress full of feathers and yeah, you jump right. on it. It's like, and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. Man, it's nothing like that. I remember like tears in my eyes walking to the parking lot, through the no. parking lot after training, like, oh my God, this hurts so bad. And you know, the thing is, like picture if you're like a 270, 280 pound man, right? Mm-hmm. It's still hurting. It's yes. still jarring. Now yes. picture you being a 120 pound female. Mm-hmm. Like we just don't have the same padding in the rain. same places. Yeah. So when we're landing, for example, running the ropes. Uh-huh. Now I know you're a little bit taller than I am, it but like, hurts. the, you know, that hurt me more than anything. Cause just where it was hitting, I didn't you're have really any, like it was it. my, it, like my shoulder blades stick out there, you know? Mm-hmm. So I was hitting that every time. And it was that repetitive motion and mm-hmm. it hurts so bad and i completely understand that that it whole bone too. feeling yep. through your whole body where you're like everything hurts everything i get hurts. it like i remember mm-hmm. we had to run the ropes and uh it was just it wasn't like because i could reach it like it would hit like the, the like the good spot on yeah. my back but it, it was it was my butt it kept hitting the ropes <laughs> But and it felt so uncomfortable, and I'm like trying to figure out like how do I work with this? Like eventually you get used right. to it, but for the very first time it was uncomfortable. It hurt. I'm like, mm-hmm. why are these ropes so hard? Mm-hmm. Like, what is it? But like I understood the reason why the ropes needed to be like tight because you right. don't want them to be loose. But it was a different experience, and I had to like get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Like you'll hear that a lot, and it's true because I was very much uncomfortable. Like. 
on my first day uh, from well, on that Tuesday and then that Thursday and then that next Tuesday because we had promo class and I was so shy. I didn't want to like do promos. Mm-hmm. I, oh God, <laughs> I was just a mess. Like I try, I was trying to fake like I had confidence or try to come up with something that would make me confident and it just was not working because I was so new and I wasn't used to everything yet. So it was incredibly hard like like i said like i knew it was going to be hard but i didn't think it would be like this hard and that's something not everybody knows the whole package what goes into training it's not just the physicality of it like you said you were you know scared of the promo class you know and and finding yourself and finding that voice and that's something that you know is such an elemental part of character development Mm -hmm. and we're lucky that we we offer that here and we can help people to do that but that is a very real thing to be like afraid of that and not know well what who am I like right now I'm just you know I'm I'm me and I'm just here to train but now I have to be a character yes that was the Mm -hmm. the biggest the biggest part of uh just wrestling in general like you can like you can you can do the moves uh you can you can teach a monkey how to do anything but like in order for you to like really figure out who you are within wrestling or who you want to be inside that ring that's when it first that's when it starts right like you're like i don't know who i want to be i just i'm just here i'm Mm -hmm. just here to train you know so I feel like that's that's really the hard part that you got to think about. Yeah, and you got to really like sit down and think about it. It, it can that, be. Yeah. I think those the, that that part of it though comes in time. That's like the later. Yeah. You know, like at first, at first, it's it's kind of like in phases. Just mm-hmm. like you, like Tara brought up a good point. Um, that really logistically speaking, that that people should understand. If obviously they're they're fans of wrestling, if they watch this, the way that a wrestling ring logistically works. The heavier you are, the more that you f- make the wood and the steel flex, the easier it is yeah. on your body. So, mm-hmm. like, Tara brought up a good point for, for like, women yeah. who are much lighter. Like, you're not moving. You're not budging that ring right. as much. So, no. it's not getting as flex. So, it's probably even more so for you, more mm-hmm. like a deck. Yeah. Like if, yeah. Uh, if you could imagine mm-hmm. a deck and just throwing yourself backwards yes. and landing on yeah. it. That's, I, yeah. I broke my ribs yeah. like three, three six months yeah. into training, what? something like that, on a suplex. Yeah. I'll never forget. Brie broke them six weeks later because I thought they were healed. Oh but it was God. just like the move didn't go wrong. It was okay. just there's only so many times my ribs wanted to hit that the yeah, mat, yeah. you know, and yeah. there was no, like Dan said, there's no give. Like I'm landing. I'm landing where I'm supposed to land. But, you know, it the, really is like that a repetitive small motion. Car crash. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bump. yeah. Every, every time. bump, every bump, every bump on your body, which is why the term a bump card used I think my bump card is more than punched yeah you know like you you do because every every bump that you take is like it's like a small car wreck yeah. yes on your body the impact on your body and even more so for like Tara and Gia yourselves mm-hmm. women that are, are lighter yeah you're just not flexing it so it's definitely probably a lot more impactful oh definitely is. every single time I hit the mat oh God. Even still now, I still right. feel it. Like mm-hmm. it, that feeling will never go away, especially if you don't breathe out. Everybody, right. please breathe out. Uh, I remember. I think something. Ha- oh, it was a shoulder tackle. So I remember this day in training. RJ was teaching it, and he's like, "We're going to teach you guys how to do shoulder tackles." And I'm just like, "Okay, all right." And then mm-hmm. like he demonstrated, and I'm like, "Ah, oh, damn! I'm going to get messed." I'm, my bad. I'm like, I'm gonna. I'm probably going to get messed up by one of these guys in here because I'm the only girl and. I have nothing against training with guys. Like, I'm not right. going to be like, oh, they're going to be rough with me. Like, I don't care. Like, I have a brother at home that I that I roughhouse with. Mm-hmm. So, go ahead. So, I remember that I, I forgot who I took the tackle from. It might have been 
it might have been Khan. It might have been him mm-hmm. um, at the time because uh, it just kind of happened. I remember I took one from him. He bulldozed me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wasn't ready for it. And I hit the mat. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> I wasn't. I really wasn't ready for it. And it just kind of, like, grew from there. Like, I did have to wrestle with guys and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But just being able to, like, take the bumps, it left me sore every single night. I would take long, hot mm-hmm. showers. Oh, yeah, the longest. The yeah. longest. And, <laughs> I then know you, what you mean. and then you got the Tiger Bomb, the Icy Hot. Tiger Bomb. Yep. It's the best. <laughs> Yeah. So that was my life at the moment. And then you get used to it. But then, like, there's mm-hmm. certain days where, like, I need, I need that icy hot. I need it right now. Uh, yeah. Before, can I ask real quick? You said then you get used to it. Yes. Was there a time after you had given the three thousand dollars, you had gotten up and running with mm-hmm. uh, getting into the routine of training, where you con- seriously considered quitting? No. Great question. No. The reason why is because uh, I, I understand why it is now, but back then when I was first starting out. Um, a lot of the guys thought I would quit. And they think all the girls are going to quit. They think all the girls are going to quit. And <laughs> That's I, the reality. I did not understand why because I'm like, I just gave him $3,000. Why in the would I quit? Why? Right. Mm-hmm. What is the reason for me quitting? Like, this is what I want. And being that I am probably now four, three years in, I can understand mm-hmm. why people do or the girls do quit. It's like like Dan said, it's the ring. Mm-hmm. It's like when they take their first bump, that's where you decide like if you want to still do this or not. And I've seen a couple of girls that where they took their first bump, they're like, I don't see them for like a week. And then yeah. they're like, all right, they're gone. Or they could hit the mat and, you know, we have like the headgear that we wear mm-hmm. like when you first start off. Somehow the girl got a concussion while wearing the headgear. I don't know how it happened, but it happened. It's because of the snap of the neck. Yeah. You know? She never came back. Yep. And I was just yeah. like, okay, I see why the guys quit. Right. I'm not the guys. The girls quit. Well, the guys quit, believe me. Yeah, the guys do. Yeah, the guys, yeah, the guys <laughs> definitely quit. You know what, I think it's more years, obvious. I've seen 500, probably 500 people sign up to the school. And I never want anyone to quit, but yeah. I don't know, maybe 75. Yeah. You know, if that. Mm-hmm. But like for every 100 seven. guys that sign up, there mm-hmm. might be five girls. Correct. Yeah. And so when they quit, it's yeah. like a very obvious void. And so they don't stick around. Yeah. I mean, that's that's been true since, I mean, I've been here for 20 years and it's been true. You know what I mean? <laughs> I stuck around because I felt, uh, me personally, I felt disrespected. Because mm-hmm. they were like, oh, you're going to just end up quitting. Yeah. Okay. All right. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see if I quit. And I didn't. I mm-hmm. still came. I still show up. There probably were days where, like, I'm super sore. I really don't feel like going into right. practice. But I did not quit. Right. I still stuck around. And that's how I earned mm-hmm. my keep. And then people kind of, like, remembered who I was. Because, like, you're not going to remember someone who, like, comes in for a week or, like, just in and out versus someone who's there consistently. Right. Mm-hmm. So I had to prove myself, like, I'm staying. Like, I'm here. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And I remember... Um, when you, you know, we do the birthday parties on the mm-hmm. weekends. And I remember they would kind of push you out to the front with me and be like, go help Tara. Yeah. And yes. I remember when I was, I would go back there and I would ask RJ, is Gia going to be on the, the birthday party today? Like, I would go back really? all the time and ask, no, she's out there with you. And I was like, oh, come I on. I about that. I know. That's okay. why I'm telling you now. Why <laughs> and is so, fine. Hmm? Why? why is this? Well, a lot of it was not having other females here, okay, that's you know, so, and, but 
I would always be able to put in, well, there's a, it's a girl's birthday party. I gotta have a, I need to have a girl <laughs> present. <laughs> you do. Did, so, did I do do that. Was ready at the time? No, or? it wasn't that. I think it was. I don't know. Sometimes you would just kind of get into a into a groove. Like we had like our set birthday party matches, yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. And so, and I did need help out on the front end with me. And so, you know, I did appreciate mm-hmm. that. But I was so excited when finally um, I got the word. Gia's on the show today. I was like, yay! I remember, <laughs> you know? like, my first uh, time being on the birthday party show, and it was for me getting prepared for wrestling for yes. my first match. And how that went, how that went of where the, I was being told I was being on my uh, getting my first match, I thought people were punking me. Because I'm like, I don't believe you. What? Why would I be having my first match? I'm probably just going to make an appearance or something. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like, do something like that. I'm not going to have, like, my first match. And then, like, I talked with Dean and RJ, and I was like, please tell me straight. Am I having my first match? And RJ was like, yeah, you are. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, um... Okay, <laughs> like I don't know, I don't know what to do, or what to say. I'm like in my head, I'm like, you're not ready, you're not ready, you're not ready, you're not ready. And then I'm like, you are ready, and I'm like, no, you're not ready. So I had to like mentally prepare myself for that. And so then you didn't think you were ready. I didn't think I was ready. I was, so that's probably why I did my first match. I didn't think I, I was ready. But that's either. probably why. Yeah. Just again, from a, a a trainer and a guy that trained art. You know what I mean? I know one of the reasons I let RJ do so much was because he thought just like me. You know, mm-hmm. and um, that's probably why. Okay. Not, you know, he's not here to ask, but I would say <laughs> if I had to take a guess, um, he probably, maybe he didn't, maybe he didn't see your confidence, and that's why he wouldn't pull the trigger on you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. he felt that you would, you know, your confidence was there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah. he always so, told me that, like, he would never put me in a situation where he thought that I wasn't prepared right. for it. Right. Like, he exactly. always says yeah. that. Well, yeah. Yeah, and I think neither he, would I have. Yeah, <laughs> I think he knew that I was ready, but in the beginning, I I was very much into like getting into my head. I still do, but it was more heavier in the beginning, and I was self doubting myself. Mm-hmm. But he could see that like me training, I was doing fine. I was listening. I was doing what I needed to do, mm-hmm. and he thought I was ready. It was just in my head, like I was not ready. Mm-hmm. Right, and sometimes you got to work through that. And yeah, you need to build that confidence up a little bit because in this. If you are, you know, as, as a trainer and kind of like mm-hmm. opening up the gate to let you run out like a horse, like <laughs> run out the gate. Yeah. You have to know you're ready because if you don't, you, you could hurt somebody. Yeah. You mm-hmm. could hurt yourself. Mm-hmm. You could Thankfully, try, try, I didn't. You know, yeah, right, yeah. right. So, so there's a degree of wanting to know like, okay, she's ready to run. Mm-hmm. Right. Before you pull the gate. Like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The birthday party yeah. was like that step mm-hmm. because you everybody starts off at the birthday party. And once, like, I guess you could say I got comfortable with that, then right. that's when we're like, all right, show. And I'm like, no. <laughs> that's what's great about yeah. having them, you know, because then you, you've got that stuff you can kind of put in your back pocket that mm-hmm. then when you're in in a match, yeah. you can pull that out. And it's like, oh, okay, this is just like the birthday parties, yeah. you know, and, and it comes back to you. To a degree. To a degree. Because I know the birthday parties, it's like filled with kids and everything, and it's not like a full <laughs> show right. like how MCW was. But, um, like, the difference between a birthday party and a show, like, you have all these lights on you. You have everybody looking at you. And that's how I felt when I first went out there. Like, all these lights, these mm-hmm. people are looking at you. You don't want to mess up. You want to you wanna do good and whatnot. So the pressure was off. Yeah. And it's, it's an amazing gauge. Yeah. Like, even though it's not the same, mm-hmm. in some ways it is. The birthday parties are such an amazing yes, they are. gauge for mm-hmm. people to begin, for you to start. Because it's... So for some people, and you get on the show and all the first time, it's the butterflies are just so much. Right. So it kind of lets you release some of them where it's not as big of a presentation, right. but it's still the butterflies are still there, and mm-hmm. you got you're, ugh, 
you know. So. Oh, I had the butterflies. I remember uh, when my first match, I believe it was for a student show, it was Breakthrough. And I remember it had to be in, in like 2018. Or maybe it was, okay, it was 2018. And I was supposed to wrestle Sahara 7. But she wasn't, a, you know, there that night. So instead, I had to face uh, Brittany Blake. And I remember staying in the ring. I'm nervous. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm about to have my match, like, right now. And, like, uh, I'm just like, oh, my God, like, I hope I don't mess up. I hope I do good. I hope I make RJ proud. I hope I make Dean proud. Like, I just didn't want anything bad to go wrong, especially, like, in my first match because I've heard horror stories about people with their first matches, and it, it was bad. So I think, overall, I did good. For it being my first time, and I remember when I went back, I just cried. I just bawled my eyes out because I'm like, I just had my first match. Like, I did it. And then, like, I thought about, like, because um, I remember when I first signed up, I asked my mom, like, if I had my first match, like, would you ever be there? And she's like, yeah, but for unfortunately, she passed away. So it was like, it was bittersweet. Was your uncle? I was just going to ask um, that, yep. I'm pretty sure he was. I want to mm-hmm. say he was because it was my first match and whatnot. I'm Were you sure. advertised or did you know or did we throw you on there? Uh, so that's, what a, that's a question too, because you both, may not have known. Both. both, yeah. It was both. So, like I was saying, I thought I was getting pumped because uh, they didn't, right. nobody told me anything. And then coming to find out, like two months, uh, like kind of advance, I knew. But then it was advertised. I'm like, oh, this is for real, for real. <laughs> like, okay. And then I'm like, at the beginning, because I remember uh, you guys do like, uh, was it uh, a food party, like a Jimmy Seafood? I think it was like like a Christmas party. Yeah, Christmas party. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I had time in advance to prepare myself. But then once the date started getting closer and closer, and it was day of, and I'm like, man, uh-uh, I gotta wrestle. Yeah. I got this is it. <laughs> I gotta wrestle. So it was it was it was very bittersweet for me to have that moment. And you um, we we kind of brought him up a couple times. Mm-hmm. So. You got pretty close with RJ. You, yeah. Did you get a tattoo? I did. I got, oh, it's like my little jacket and everything. So I got a tattoo for RJ and my mom. At the top, it says Bruiser Strong with a sunflower because I love sunflowers. Mm-hmm. And at the bottom, it says Mommy's Little Girl. Gotcha. So you just got that. I got that uh, actually like a month ago. Right. I, yeah. I, saw, I remember seeing it on... on um, I was... I don't know how you got a tattoo. I don't know how anybody gets a tattoo. I was, like, shaking in the chair. Like, I'm trying to concentrate on, like, not focusing on the pain. Mm -hmm. And I I can get another one because it was fun. But, like, oh, my God. Like, I was like, this is for RJ. This is for my mom. Just bear through it. Like... Yeah, I have one on my forearm as well. And, And like, the cold, like, the star, uh, that's where you started? Yep. Oh, it's shot right there. And I'm like, oh, man, like, like, let's get the star done and over with. You and Sarah both got pretty tight with RJ. Yeah. Um, you, guys, you guys made it tough for me to talk to you about everything that was going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, especially when, when uh, things started kind of trending <clears throat> in a bad direction. She uh, took it harder than me. Yeah. 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 I was yeah. really so happy that he bonded with you all um, yeah. and – you know, in that role as trainer and student, because mm-hmm. um, I know he had he trained the girls. Mm-hmm. You know, when I was actively wrestling, and I hated him as a trainer. I, I hated him. <laughs> oh my god! I it was it was hard. Like it made me want to quit. Oh, but no. but he, you know, 
people come full circle. They grow mm-hmm. as a person, you yeah. know. I found Axel Rotten to be the best trainer for me. Okay. Like, I just, I gelled with him. I don't okay. know why. I mean, for as many flaws as he had, for whatever reason, I clicked with his style of training and mm-hmm. did not click with RJ's. So, <laughs> I know that when he, like, connected with you all, I was watching from afar kind of like, oh, this is where he's meant to be, like, as a trainer. Like, I was happy to see that kind of growth and, you know, the kinder, gentler RJ who was, you know, 20 years ago, RJ wouldn't have said there's would have said there's no difference between your body and his body. Okay. He, he would not have ever sold for that in a heartbeat, you know. It would have just been, suck it up, you're just not tough enough. <laughs> so, no, I'm not kidding, yeah, <laughs> you know. I, I mean, that's, that's yeah. the reality. I can't believe that. He definitely became, but he was still tough, but he... Definitely became a more um, kinder, gentler bruiser. But a lot of that was talks with me and him. Yep. Because he was one of the last guys. When I, the way I was trained was completely all the horror stories you hear about Mm -hmm. old school. I mean, I was beat up physically, kicked in the face. I mean, beat up to like UFC style beat up and um, just punched in the face and kicked in the face. They were um, Axel and Ian. I became close friends with Ramblin' Rich, closer friends, because oh Ramblin', <laughs> me and him actually became friends, because he had a couple years training, he had a couple years on me training, and he actually stepped in on a night, I had no idea, but Axel and Ian were going to slice my forehead open, um, you know, they were going to rip me, get, you, get you some color, they were oh going to just in training, and I had no idea, and Rich stepped in, and it was kind of like a big thing, and everybody was like, stop, and I'm like, dude, you know what I mean? And I'm there in there punching my eyes swolled shut. It's black and blue shut. And I'm just getting beat up. And they were they were going to, like, and that's just kind of the stuff that happened. They were basically in the middle of beating me up, going to slice my forehead open. Oh my and just God. I would start bleeding profusely and um, to see how I handled it. And, uh, like, that's the kind of mentality. So, like, I carried a lot, not that extreme, but <laughs> the very old school beat you up, um, into when it, when I started training guys, RJ being the first guy. So I understand the connection to that. Like, hey, this is it. But I would always have these discussions with RJ and say, RJ, listen, the ring <laughs> is going to weed the people out. Yes, yeah. it, that, does. That, yeah. The, it does. The, the, the ring is going to weed the people yeah. out that don't have the heart to do it. We would always have these discussions. And yeah. I'd always understand because, you know, he got slapped around a lot because Axel was still training with us. And then, but so, but ultimately, through discussions and time over the years, mm-hmm. he definitely became the more kinder, gentler bruiser. And but he really, was a better trainer for it too. Not just that he had calmed down, but he trainer. was he much a better. better trainer. Than Absolutely. RJ, Absolutely. Hey, <laughs> you're not supposed to agree with that. <laughs> Come on, Tara. No, he did. He RJ RJ became the best trainer I ever saw in wrestling. He was he was the best. He was way better than me. He became a more well-rounded performer and um, he was he was the best trainer I ever had um, or I ever I ever saw. So he really became and kind of grew into really just an amazing trainer evidenced by right. how well all of you were doing and so mm-hmm. many people that have, you know, that have come on. I, I just stood in the background like a, a proud like grandpa. Yeah. You know, like, look, at, uh, look at my kids. Look at yeah. my grandkids. Cause you guys are my grandkids because RJ was my kid. So I'd always be like, look at my grandkids. They're all doing so great. And I need, I needed him as like a trainer. Like now that I'm like looking back at it because with RJ, I've uh, never really had like 
like the what's what's the word I'm looking for? Like the tough love from a coach. Like I've never I'm like I've been in sports before, mm-hmm. but like I've never had like a like a person I like RJ before. Like he could he could be your butt kicker, but then he'll be the person like, All right, what's up? What's going mm-hmm. on, man? Like mm-hmm. talk to me. And I never got that. Right. So it was different. So, like, he, in a way, was my coach, but, like, a father figure to mm-hmm. me as well because I never, I never had both. Right. So it was, it was kind of like, it was like kind of like a, something I needed was a shock. So it was, yeah. it was a big deal for me. Yeah. Yeah, it was for all of us. But I, I specifically, like, you guys made me, like, leave the room. You and Sarah was like, oh, I can't do this. Yeah, I, I had to break the news to her because she <clears> didn't know. <throat> she didn't know anything. Well, I remember when, when RJ first got sick and we got cancer. We yeah. were all here. and Like, Sarah, like, I had to walk out of the room because she took it really hard. Yeah, I was the one when, who had to tell her because yeah. she didn't mm-hmm. know anything. And I didn't want to be the one to tell her because, like, she grew, like, a really, like, good bond with him. Like, like all of us. But, like, yeah. It was it was hard on her, and I, I had to break it to her because I didn't want uh, her to find out and just you know yeah. where she could have had time to process it. It was brutal. Yeah. We definitely all need. We all had to process everything in our own way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you said you mentioned those butterflies when you uh, you know got that opportunity mm-hmm. uh, and you fought Brittany Blake, uh, but uh, I'm curious as to as you were prepared for greater things. A big milestone for you here in MCW was when you you stepped into the ring with Angelina Love. <laughs> yeah, so so let's let's talk a little bit about that. Oh, the lovely lady. So I remember, I think at the time I was three shows in. Like I've had three matches so far, and or maybe it was two. was it ho- was no, it in Hollywood? Hollywood yeah. It was. Yeah, Hollywood. It was Hollywood. I remember. <laughs> I remember you getting ready in the bathroom downstairs. I yeah. remember talking about this. So yep. I remember I was nervous. Like mm-hmm. Angelina Man, is I miss so, the and she was so super part. nice, wasn't she? Was, she was so awesome. Oh yeah, God. she was like, a delight. So this is where things kind of took a different direction. This is probably like when uh, RJ decided, like uh, you were supposed to be a heel for that match, and I I didn't know. Nobody told me. <laughs> so. I'm thinking, like, since I'm the least experienced person, maybe Angelina should be the heel in this one. And they're like, no, she's their attraction. She should right, be the she's... one that's the that people should be getting behind. And I'm like, I didn't know. So I'm just, like, doing what I'm, like, I am was trained to do. But she took care of me. She was like, all right, you know, what have you been doing in training? Like, what can you do? What mm-hmm. do you know how to do and everything? And she, she took me underneath her yeah. wing and, and, like, I was so happy. There was, like, a moment in the match where uh, something happened, and I took a move, and she's, like, on the apron. Oh, not the apron. She's on the turnbuckle, and then she pops down. Mm -hmm. And she just stares at me, and I don't know where it came from, but I just had, like, this, like, urge of, like, I'm mad. Like, why am I mad? Like, she's just (laughs) looking at me. And it was just, it was just something about that match where I just, I loved and everything. And the Hollywood crowd. Oh, my God, I love Hollywood. Like, the people there, the energy and whatnot, mm-hmm. like, it will never top anything like it. Like, it's just so much energy Yeah, they're a fun crowd. They're a fun crowd. I'm just going down to Hollywood. So do I. Like, Hopefully. it's worth the drive. Yeah. It's really worth it and everything. So that match is where everything kind of took a turn and where I kind of had to be healed. You can kind of, I can kind of tell just by training and all the years, like, you're clapping. Your hands. <laughs> I can tell you're nervous. I can tell you're nervous. You're nervous. Yeah. <laughs> 
You, know, you, <laughs> can tell. You, can, you can see that in your jitters. That's okay, though. It I was happens. I was like three ma- maybe two or three matches in, so yeah. I... And, and you're getting a, a match with somebody on television yes. you've seen on television. So. Oh, I was so nervous right. when like I was so like, you're going to be wrestling Angelina. I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> she's been wrestling as long as I've been born. Like, what do I... How do I... Like, what am I going to do? Yeah, but Dan, you mentioned that, that that's one of the things that you love, love to do. Doing, you yeah. love doing that, is taking someone like a bruiser and RJ, putting him in the ring against Jerry the King Lawler. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, just, yeah, well, it, 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 it's, it's just, it's part of that ladder mm-hmm. of, of, um, of building that confidence in yourself. And yeah. And Gia, I can relate to what you said mm-hmm. about not knowing if you were going to be the heel or the baby face, because <laughs> that actually happened to me with Sherry Martell. And I assume she's the name. She must be the baby face, right? Mm-hmm. So we're standing there at the curtain. Mm-hmm. Like, my music is playing. And she's like, so yeah, I'm going to work as a heel. And I went, what? What? But I'm a heel. <laughs> and in my head, I was like, oh, no, 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 no. We didn't talk about this. Wait, wait, wait. What does that mean? And in my, like, I'm literally walking to the ring. And I swear there must be panic on my face at this point. And I'm walking to the ring going, heel versus heel, heel versus heel. What? Okay. And I'm trying to, like, think back to everything in my training. And I never saw that one coming. Like, I, I legitimately did not anticipate. Did she get the crowd to turn on her? Yeah. 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 I mean, sure. yeah. And it was just, I, I just did not expect that. Cause I had been, I was with TQM for a couple of years at this point. Like, right. we were the huge heel faction in MCW. Yeah. And I was like, wait, I, you, you can't be the heel. Like, you're Sherry Martell. <laughs> like, like, you can't. But then, like, I thought, like, like I didn't realize it to the end. Cause I'm like, uh, okay, like, I'm new. So, like, I don't, I don't, I don't even know how to be a heel. So, like, if someone's like, all right, like, three, like, not three, maybe, like, three months in, they're like, all right, Gia, you're going to be heel. I'm like, right. I've been, like, trying to wrestle, trying, just trying to wrestle, and you're like, be a heel? Like, right. I don't have confidence to be mean. <laughs> like, I don't have that yet. So. Yeah, but it is yeah. kind of fun, though. You guys I love it. Man. I love being a heel. I thought it was the best thing oh, ever. Yeah. I don't, I didn't appreciate, I feel like I didn't appreciate it as much as I do now. Mm-hmm. Because when I first started off, like, being heel, I was nervous. I was scared. But that's something you have to grow into and, like, kind of, like, work with it. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I find it funny because when I was heel, uh, when people, like, would see me in the ring, I'm mean, I'm mm-hmm. nasty, you know? Versus, like, when I come back past the curtain, I'm night as, as can be. Right. And a lot of people are like, man, you throw me off. And I'm like, how? Why? And they're like, you're out there, you're mean, but you're here. Right. You're like, you're really sweet. Right. <laughs> I got that as well. I got so that. So yep. I think it's it's fun. Like, when I look back on it, like, being heel, it was a lot of fun mm-hmm. and whatnot. And remembering the fact that, like, I had the blue hair, yeah. the blue lips, that was a total accident. That was me being blue everything. That was a total I accident. remember I got you blue glitter eyeshadow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was, a, it was a total accident and whatnot. Uh, only reason why I did it was because MCW was blue. Mm-hmm. And I was like, uh, I want to look, I want to stand out from everyone else. So mm-hmm. what's the perfect way of standing out? So I'm, like, in the hair store, and I'm like, I haven't seen anybody wear blue hair. Let me let me try that. Or have blue lips. Let me let me try that. So that's how nice. uh, the blueberry came to existence. <laughs> well, actually, we're going we're gonna to take a break, and when we come back, I want to talk about um, how you got noticed by not just people here in MCW, but outside of MCW, and uh, we want to hear more about that part of your journey as well. Okay. All right, so stay tuned. We'll be right back with women's champion Gia Scott. All right, and after that break, we're back. Now, uh, when the cameras weren't rolling here, Dan, you and you and Gia were kind of in a conversation about, uh, you know, the you know getting booked and kind of being used by a promoter and then being cooled off by a promoter and how sometimes that, 
and kind of get funky or people's you know egos right. feelings or, or, or feelings get hurt. I guess yeah. we were saying like some sometimes there's there's this whole moving parts uh, as a promoter from where I stand and over the years and me and Larry and me and Tara have had these conversations. I've had local talents get upset with me because all of a sudden maybe I'm using them every show mm-hmm. for a year, a couple of years, and I have to interchange some parts because from where I'm looking at it, especially say Joppa, the MCW arena here, or we even we even kind of built our own little territory in Hollywood where we're there oh, a yeah. couple times a year. And when you're trying to get wrestling fans to continue to come back and uh, every show, um, you, you need to try to always keep it fresh, whether it's the stars that you have in or new talent. And um, at times I may have guys that guys and girls that, you know, I say, hey, I, I need to cool you off or take you off a couple shows for six months or so to try to get some other, you know, fresh talent in. You were saying, I guess, with you and Sarah? Yeah. Um, so uh, with me and her, I completely understand with, uh, I know one of them was the MCW uh, anniversary. I'm pretty sure it had to have been 2019 where it was Robbie and Bobby, Aria Palmer versus the cartel. I'm pretty sure that was the match. Like the intergender six person, yes, I think. Yes, yeah. So I remember the reason why I was not on that show. But I still made an appearance, but I wasn't on the show. And I right. understand because we have been fighting a lot. And I get that because uh, eventually people get tired of seeing the same thing over and over and over mm-hmm. again. So I get that. I never uh, went up to RJ and Dean and like, why am I not on the show? I deserve to be on the show. Blah, 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 blah. I didn't care. I was like, oh, I have a night off. Great. <laughs> I saw I saw you and yeah. Aria as like the um, so Tara versus Candy was yeah. you know right. twenty years ago we mm-hmm. we we were in the exact same scenario where mm-hmm. we were really the only girls that were here mm-hmm. at the time and we just had the same feud in different towns over and yeah. over again so I completely understand yeah. what and you're and saying. another thing is structuring from a promoter standpoint and this is where like talent doesn't understand. Is the time constraints, mm-hmm. the time, and I know <clears throat> this would always be something I'd always like bust, bust um, chops on Dean and RJ. Um, to me, the perfect time is like two and a half hours, bell to bell, and that's mm-hmm. like with an intermission mm-hmm. um, because it's like a movie. You think of a movie, yes. you know, unless it's some big blockbuster like the Avengers and you're Endgame. sitting in there for three hours, right? <laughs> yeah, and even yeah. then you might start to get tired. Oh, and that always seems like the sweet spot, mm-hmm. like yeah. two and a half mm-hmm. hours to get people in because you also got to figure if it's a show and you're doing an autograph signing and the mm-hmm. people get there an hour, mm-hmm. hour and a half early. And they're, so now it's four hours that they're yes, in the building, yes. you know, signing, you know, getting autographs, talking to people, sitting down, watching the show. So, so you can only have so many matches. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, because then you get into okay, well, you stack eleven matches. Well, now you got matches going out there for three minutes, and you want yes. people to have the time to get what they need, you know, cross. And you also got to mm-hmm. save the time for the main events and the the ones that the stories are built around the important ones. So I'd always I'd find that like butting of heads with talent and say, hey, like. You're on the show. You're a part of the show. We're furthering something that you're doing, mm-hmm. but we already had eight matches, and yes. we just we couldn't put that ninth match in because now you start chipping away, and you start pushing the mm-hmm. the envelope of where you're getting the time thing. And I think I know it's it's easy for talent to get you know their feelings hurt, or yeah. it's and I'd always and and I'd get that that and this is where as a promoter, I'd always butt heads, you know, and 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 um, with talent, they, they try to get them to understand that because. The whole show is one match. 
You know, it's a whole bunch of matches that piece together. And the best um, analogy I ever heard was the whole show, show is beef stew. But oh, every RJ says that all the time. Yeah, oh yeah, I know. <laughs> that's because I. That's good. I. That's because I. That was my analogy yeah. that I don't yeah. want to break he it down. Didn't like beef stew. Yeah, but it that. is. But beef stew <laughs> is carrots and onions and yeah. right. And it's not you just. Can't be the onions. You sometimes you can't be the onions. Sometimes you can't be the beef. <laughs> you know, but it. But it. But they all. They all make beef stew. Yeah. So it's important that all the matches and and that's timing wise too. Mm-hmm. You start. You know, it. You got a match and a main event you're building up and then. You know, you've stacked 11 matches or 10 matches on the show. Now you're three hours and 20 minutes into a show, and we're sitting there watching before the main event, and 15% of the building is walking out the bi- mm-hmm. off the door before the match starts. Then out. those people feel like they got ripped off because right. they couldn't watch yeah. the whole show because they had kids in the audience that were falling asleep. Yes. So there's all these moving parts yep. that you have to that, that come together in a show, mm-hmm. and, you know, that yeah, and that's where... You know, I, I know it's hard to understand, but it's, it's no, like getting no, on the I same page. No, no, I completely understand everything well, that you're saying because uh, uh, both RJ and Dean broke down for me before. I never, right. like, questioned, like, their method or anything like that. I was always understanding about, like, oh, okay, you can't be on this show because, you know, you and uh, Ari have been working too much. Cool, great, night off for me. Or um, we just didn't have a spot for you. Okay, great, another night off for me. Right. I never. Or we just didn't want to add a match. Except it wasn't necessarily a night off because one thing that I wanted to bring up about mm-hmm. the expansion into social media is that I would always, uh, for those of you who don't know, I'd be uh, doing the backstage interviews uh-huh. and setting those up. And I'd be asking RJ and Dean, hey, what do we have booked for three months out? Where's yeah. this character going? So we'd be doing. Um, you know, promos or something like yeah. that for the next two shows. So it was never, you know, you didn't necessarily have a night off. Like, yeah. we always were still trying to push talent and further the storylines and stuff. And not everybody got that, that cutting a promo for your match that you're doing six weeks from now is just as important sometimes yeah. because we'd lay that foundation or we'd get, we'd ask your opinion yeah. about a match between Anya and Aria, for yeah. example, knowing that two shows from now you were going to be in a triple threat or it was going to be you versus Aria or you versus Anya. Yeah. And so that's like such a crucial part of it. And we really... I. I feel like 20 years ago we wouldn't have had that same hook because we didn't have the social media outlets to do that. And yeah. now we have that and we can really use it to our advantage to do that. And yeah. trial by fire, you learn. You know, mm-hmm. that's all the stuff as a promoter I'd learn over the years and having shows go and not wanting to say no to everybody. And I used to not want to hurt people's feelings. And I, it's hard. And I would, but it's not, but you get it. Like yeah. It's not, no, it's totally not a feelings it. thing. And I, I'd have it and I'd say, all right, and then I believe me, we had plenty of MCW shows with twelve matches. You <laughs> yes, know what I mean? Oh, yeah. three and a half hours long, and you right. know what I mean. So. All I want to say is just that, like, I completely understand because there have been times where I've probably I've came to a couple of uh, Shamrocks before, and I forgot which one it was, but it was super long for me. Well, that's all. You know what? That's always the worst, and it got to be, and that's that's always the one where every year. And I just, I'd be like emotionally exhausted from having people yes. like get, yes. because it's like, because it's our WrestleMania. Yes, it so is. So everybody wanted to be on it, but then it's like, try to like, guys, like we got to have five qualifier matches and we mm-hmm. got to have the Shamrock Cup and mm-hmm. the Shamrock Cup probably needs at least 30, 30 minutes. minutes yeah. yes. You know what I mean? Minimum just for that match. Mm-hmm. So how many, how many, I, there's only so many matches yeah. I can add to the show or guess what? 
50% of the building is going to be leaving at 11 o'clock before the Shamrock Cup's even going on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then those people are going to feel like they got ripped off. Mm-hmm. Watching, you know, right. you know, know, tag matches. Yeah, so, we're, so we're just ha-ha. going, yeah, yeah. So. Which is why I know I like it. Some people don't. Sarah, <laughs> I like the fact that it got split up into two nights. I right. think that was beautiful because, like, it, it was like you could continue off of what you just... It's like getting a dinner and you could wrap it up a little bit, save it for the next day, and then eat it. So, like, we, were talk- uh, yeah, we were talking about this before you got here. Yeah. And, um, uh, from... From a performer standpoint, two nights was actually pretty cool. From like the office standpoint, oh, yeah. then like so as exhausting. my as my role shifted in the company, I was like, oh my god, these two two day shows. Like I get it. Like I mean, we we all experienced like you know the four hour Shamrock Cups before, and we yes. didn't like that either. You know, so then splitting it up was good. But like from the office point of view, it was it was like running two shows back and to I, back. And I will never un, I will never want to have that because of course stress. And I've seen Dean run around with his head chopped off a couple of times, um, and are just kind of like chilling, sitting in the back, kind of watching TV a little bit. Sometimes not all the time, but he was still there. But it was just from like a performer and a fan perspective, mm-hmm. it was beautiful. I don't know what you guys went through. I don't want to be there. <laughs> I don't want to experience that. When I have five pages of promos to cut yeah. in what, over the course of two nights, it's not good. Yeah, but, it's definitely a different yeah. dynamic on this side of the curtain. Oh, yeah, it, it really is. I remember after the first time we did two nights in a row. Dan, by the end of the first night, you were like, never again. You dumped all your energy into it. You did okay. that for, on night one, and then you're like, oh my gosh, i got to come back tomorrow night. and do this. Because, yeah. you know, we're here. Like, what am I doing? <laughs> yeah, right? Like, <laughs> it's, it's mentally and physically, like, draining. It, it definitely is. And, you know, it's wrestling shows are that roller coaster. Yes. You know, you're up, you're down, you're up, you're down. And your job is to help the audience to go on that journey with mm-hmm. you, right? So they're going up and they're going down. So, like, they're exhausted. Like, you know, if you're watching, say, WrestleMania, seven hours, okay? You know, start to finish. And I've been to a couple of them live. And, you know, they and are a draining. they gimmick, aren't they? Yeah, they're a aren't draining. Aren't they doing two nights? They are, yeah. yeah. They're, they're a draining yeah. encounter, right? Mm-hmm. So They got that from the green room. It's yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, Jerry McDevitt is your cousin. He probably, <laughs> yeah. he probably tipped Vince off. Like, <laughs> hey, you're doing this. Yeah. They did this at the Sun Dog. But, yeah. you know, there, there is something to be said for spreading it out over two days because then you give your audience time to digest the information that you just gave them. Yes. Instead of hitting them with 12 matches, yes. you're spreading it out over the course of two nights. You get them excited to come back. I mean, it doesn't matter that we're exhausted. You know, that's fine. But we'll you're right. From a fan's perspective, yeah. I can see that that was probably far more enjoyable it than was. one great big long And then one. there's the financial aspect of it for the fans. Right. You gotta go like, hey, can they afford some people, you know, hey, this is tough to do. Right, right. And also, Kids want a shirt. Right. Kids want right. to eat. Right. right. Got to go over the so new bridge, you know. I think that's you know? something we handled well by giving, like, package discounts and yeah. two-day ticket yeah. prices and, also, and things. I uh, thought it was good that, because even though the, cause sometimes certain fans can't make it on certain dates. So I think this ran on Friday or Saturday or Saturday or Sunday. It was one of those mm-hmm. days. Mm-hmm. So say, for instance, you can't make it on a Friday. Okay, well, I can make it on a Saturday. Boom. You right. know, you got people that can kind of choose or people that can make it both days. Yeah. So I thought, like, you guys running it for two days was pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. From a <laughs> I'll tell you one thing that I thought was pretty awesome. We've gone over a lot of the things with your career to date here at MCW Pro, but um, I heard that eventually you branched out and actually got an opportunity to start training at the ROH Dojo. Yes, I did, and it was frightening. It was very frightening. Um, at the time, uh, 
at the time, um, I, I will never forget my first day going there. Um, this was before uh, after doing the tryout, but when we did, I did the tryout. There was me and two other people. It was Bobby and Aria Palmer that uh, went and tried out as well. And I was nervous. I had the butterflies again. And so I'm just like, all right, you got to do good. At the time, I'm pretty sure there was a couple of other people that went there as well. I know uh, Hunter was there. He was probably there. Yeah. And I was just like, all right, you got to impress everybody. You got to do something <laughs> that you don't normally do. And I did. I ended up having a match. And I normally don't do back body drops because of the way how uh, I land, like we were talking about earlier. Right. I, only I do, hate them. Those are I special, hate them for that reason. special occasions. Mm-hmm. And I did that one. And the pain was worth it. And so <laughs> I, because I wanted to kind of like updo myself and whatnot. And it was good. But I wanted to do even more the second night because it, it ran for two days mm-hmm. and I was exhausted. That was the only time for two days I was exhausted. But it was worth it because we did, everyone did so good and whatnot. And I really wanted to show myself and prove that, like, I belong here in the dojo and I belong in ROH. So I had to, like, quickly, like, prove myself. And so after that, uh, I got invited back to do, kind of, like, do the training. And, uh Joey Mercury was the one who was leading training. And I remember this very fondly. Uh, went to training, was very excited to be there. And um, I was nervous, of course, because, you know, I've never sure. been around Joey Mercury before. And so uh, I think something happened where I got in the ring and I was nervous and I just couldn't, like, I just, I, I couldn't control it. And then he was like, are you nervous? And I'm like, yeah. And he was like, all right, get out the ring. And I'm like, what? And he's like, get out the ring. And I'm like, but I'm like, he's not serious. And he goes, he's like, get out the ring. And right. I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, oh my God, I blew it. This is it. I like, I, I blew it. So I get out the ring and like, he was like, since you're so nervous and whatnot, how about you go back down to MCW and train with Dean and Narja because I don't need you here. And I'm like, oh my God. Like, That's, I was yeah. like, what in the That's world is tough going love. on? So <laughs> I, I go to like pack myself because he said like, you know, go back to Dean and Narja and whatnot. And then, like, I'm literally getting my stuff and packing up. And then someone uh, from the from the class was like, hey, guys, stop what you're doing. Like, Joey wants to see you. And I'm like, oh, my God, what does he want now? And so I came out, and he was like, you know, I'm just kidding, right? And I'm like, <laughs> what? <laughs> but you didn't know that, right? I didn't know if, that. If you... Yeah, because he kind of he kind of wasn't Joey kidding. Mercury. He was kind of yeah. testing you, is what right, he was right. trying to do. Like yeah. he's like, I want to see how she's going to react to mm-hmm. this type of pressure. Yeah. Because the further up you go, the pressure becomes even right. more intense. Yeah. Right. Um, but, so it's prep. That's his demeanor, though. You don't know. Like you had mentioned a few <laughs> weeks back about like Bubba not knowing yeah. if he liked you oh, or yeah, not. Yeah. Joey was is exactly the same way. Don't you know. don't know he if has, he like, likes a you or not. Poker face. You can never tell. <laughs> I've known him for 20 that's years. That's because it was reconstructed. I, <laughs> I, can't, I can't tell. So, like, I took him seriously. He was like, you guys know I was just, you know I was just kidding, right? And I'm, like, thinking in my head, like, how was I supposed to know? I don't know anything. Like, Did that help experience. get butterflies out? Yes and no. I, I was still, like, like, it's like 
kind of shook you up because sometimes stuff yeah. like like that can make you go okay, and then you get back in there and you're yeah. loosened. Yeah, up. like, like, like okay. Like, oh, yeah. like a, like a okay. pressure valve. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. like a pressure, the pressure valve. up and whatnot. Yeah. But like, I still have like this high respect for him. So like, my guard was always still up. Like even with RJ, like I still know him and he's my trainer and whatnot. But I, my guard was always still up with mm-hmm. him, uh, not in a bad way. But like, I held him on like a high pedestal. No, Gio, I respected him. I want to ask you something. Uh, going over that journey that Joey kind of took you on mm-hmm. for fun. Looking back on that, do you see any elements of, of abuse? Um, being someone that's new into this environment and wanting to do really well, mm-hmm. having a trainer that was uh, certified on television at Mania, mm-hmm. a former WWE champion, uh, then kind of making an example of you and kind of taking you to a very low point mm-hmm. where you think, wow, I'm not good enough. Let me go pack my bags and go. I could see myself almost tearing up if I had my peers looking at me and I'd just been dismissed mm-hmm. and then to be told, Oh, well I was just joking. Like hey, I was just joking. So come on back. You know, I don't think to me, I don't think that was abuse. It was more like kind of like, I guess, I guess that was his way of kind of like, kind of like loosen up a little bit or like, you don't have to be nervous or scared or anything like that. I think that was his way because like, I've seen it before. Like some guys do it where like, all right, what's the worst thing that can, like, someone, like, something can happen to you if someone says, like, no. If someone says no, then, like, okay, they said no. Mm-hmm. Like, there's, that, that's it. So I kind of, like, took that in, uh, into perspective where, like, all right, he yelled at us. Like, what's the worst that can happen? Nothing. <laughs> so what am I so nervous for now? Mm-hmm. So that's what I, like, took from it. I guess I just kind of posed that question because there are certain things in the wrestling industry that any other walk of life, if you were put in that pre- in that mm-hmm. prospect in that position where okay I'm brand new I want to make a good impression mm-hmm. and then kind of the the superior kind of like uses you to make an example and then kind of reel you back in and be like yeah welcome to the business kid and you're like no oh, I've okay had that happen. I've had that happen before yeah uh, it's a di- it's two different uh, experience the experience I had with Joy versus the experience I had before it's totally different like for him to be like oh I was just joking I was just like hitting like. Uh, like kind of like ease the 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 pressure value. The pressure, yeah. yeah, yeah. That that's all it was. Versus like someone kind of like belittling you. That's a mm-hmm. little different. Versus them like saying like, oh, I was just joking. I'm not belittling you. Like you can tell when someone's right. Like, and I, I think all of these. This is where I mean we could probably get into a real um, debate here, mm-hmm. like culturally how how the mm-hmm. world is. Because I agree with you. Like you can't put pro wrestling in the same as you could if this was an accounting firm or some right. like state mm-hmm. office job where someone talking to you wouldn't be appropriate like that. Mm-hmm. But I would 150% defend him for talking to you like that yeah. in, in context mm-hmm. of what we're in because this is a job where like what he's preparing you for or you have to be mentally prepared for. Like you said, Larry, with a company like Ring of Honor and taking that step up where all of a sudden – you're performing in front of a live TV mm-hmm. audience, a lot. You know what I mean? Like the pressure to be a live performer and in front of people, hundreds and thousands of people, like that's the kind of thing you need to get those kinks worked out emotionally yes. so that you can perform under absolute immense pressure. Mm-hmm. It kind of, that is helping to me what I, you telling me that story mm-hmm. is. He's, he was also kind of helping, like, a pressure relief valve. Sure. Yes. So him putting pressure and you being like, okay, to keep your composure. Because all it takes in a wrestling ring, you, you could put a guy in a wheelchair or a girl in a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. If you're rattled mm-hmm. and you can't compose yourself under 
a massive pressure. Mm-hmm. You could you could hurt them. You get in the wrestling ring, a girl, a guy, your life is in their hands. Their yes. life, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. You're exchanging your lives with each other, mm-hmm. and you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. I to me, you telling me that story is mm-hmm. thinking he was he was checking your pressure. He was yeah. putting pressure on you to see how you could handle it if you break down, and then you're in the ring. You know you. Things go wrong in a wrestling ring. Oh, yeah. Things go wrong in a wrestling ring. You know, so it's just not like anything else. Right. So I think people, if, if anyone was going to be offended or have their feelings hurt or, oh, I can't believe he talked to you, <clears throat> you, you can't understand. You have to understand the context mm-hmm. right. of yeah. this business versus, you know, like I said, working in a accounting firm. Or a or restaurant some, or, or something restaurant like that. Or a restaurant or something yeah. like that. There's not, not the same thing. I had people here uh, when I was working mm-hmm. with Joey, when he was here, and um, I had people in our locker room say, doesn't he scare you? Doesn't he make you nervous? Yes. And I was like, yes, all the time. I mean, I've known him since he was like 18, so not really. But what he does do is drives me to not make a mistake and to yes. be the best that I can yes. be. And, like, I think, like I said, I've known him for a significant amount of time, so mm-hmm. I, I didn't have that, like, oh, my gosh, you know, he, he's up here. Like, you have to, you know, you've heard her you know, stories about his technique or whatever. Mm-hmm. And and so I just felt that he genuinely tries to bring the best out of people. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's there's a high standard, of course, yeah. and you, you want to make sure that you don't disappoint. But like you said, in another situation, that wouldn't yeah, necessarily wouldn't work. be. But like here, I never felt that it was anything, you know, that I couldn't handle. And, you know, like I said, it made me want to excel and do a good job. Of course. Yeah. So... Yeah, I mean, I bring it up because a lot of the times hindsight is twenty twenty, and people will say, looking back on that point in my career, I definitely see elements of, you know, kind of flexing the position of power. Oh, to, no, I can, right. tell, I can tell the difference if someone's being genuine versus someone who's being a butt. And an <laughs> right. Right. I can tell yeah. when someone's being a butt. But... Uh, you you you'll end up seeing the difference between the two, mm-hmm. and it's important that you uh, and people see that because people will think like, oh, it's just tough love, and sometimes they can be a really big butt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, they can disguise it mm-hmm. as like, oh, this is tough love, but really what they're doing is taking it out on you because yes. you're a woman or you're black or yeah. whatever whatever other hangups they have yes. that they want to just be mean to you. Mm-hmm. Um, let's uh, continue on with your ROH jo- journey. Um, yeah, I want to. I want to talk about that Future of Honor tag match. That's exactly That's, where I was where going. going. Yeah. Yeah. I knew it. Yeah. Right. So I knew it. <laughs> let's talk about that one. It was you and uh, I believe it was Amy Rose, the yes. Rumble Bunny. Yes. And it was Trish. versus Trisha Dora and Aria Palmer. I look back at that match and I think it was awesome and everything. I It was just, we had so much involvement into that match. Like everything just came together. Like like you take this piece of the pie and you take this piece of pie and like put everything together and to create this like this beautiful match where to me it felt like it was intense. Like I always wanted to raise the bar for not just in ROH, but also uh, at MCW as well mm-hmm. because I want to go out there every single night and people, like, if they hear my interest, they're like, oh, Gia's coming out. Like, let me stay here a little bit longer versus, like, if um, any other person came out, uh, it's like, oh, let me go take a bathroom break. I just, I never liked that for women. Like, Mm -hmm. I want people to be engaged with it just like how they are with the men. So whenever I go out there, I'm like, I got to try to updo 
anybody else that's coming uh, after me or who went before me. Like, yeah. I have to put myself at that level because I don't want someone being like, oh, man, the women's match was kind of like a snooze fest or whatever like right. that. So I always have to put myself on that pedestal to do better with every single match that I've been in. And I feel like I've done that since from like the beginning until now. Well, and, and one of the people in that match with you, uh, Trisha Dora, yes. just recently had the uh, Iron Person match, or yes. iron, what they changed it to Iron Match, right? Yeah, not Iron, iron the, Person, the iron but match. yeah. So yeah. I think I would say that she probably shares that same, you know, yes. uh, work ethic. Everyone there. should honestly share like that kind of like mentality where mm-hmm. they want to updo themselves from the last match that they have because I I commend the like the fact that people who paved the way for women's wrestling and whatnot. But as me growing up, I always wondered, like, why were the men so much bigger than the women? Why couldn't they be the same? Or why couldn't they, you know... Featured, right? Yeah. Like, they were, they, it was more like a sideshow. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, they were, we were more like the eye candy. And I, like, I get it. But then again, I'm like, I kind of want to see some, like, a woman, like, be taken seriously and kick butt. Like, there's, like, a level of respect for her that there would be for, like, the guys. Right. And so I wanted that. And I craved that. And I wanted to prove that, like... I'm a serious threat around here. Right. Like, far as it could be a woman or it could be a guy, like, right, I right. belong to be just as much up there with the guys as anybody else. Well, and, and that's a big hurdle to overcome because, you know, you're coming after, you know, the era of, like, the bra and panties matches yeah. yes. and things like, and pudding matches and, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. So, you know, you kind of, ha- you go from a point where, like, in the, you know, in the 50s and 60s, women's wrestling was, you know, taken serious, yeah. you know, and then you have this period where, it was not taken serious. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I was from that era as well. So, you know, and, I mean, I and that just came with it. You, were as a pro- you booked that stuff. I know. Like, I booked you in a lot of broad I know that. that. Yeah. So, huh? yeah, yeah, with Dawn. Yeah. Dawn and oh, you would be rolling around. Yeah. and But that was the t- and that was, that was the what time, was expected. And, not, you know, yeah. and you know what? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, better, I'm, We better stop talking or we'll be canceled. <laughs> I'm, I'm, <Yeah. laughs> I'm a big feminist. Like, those of yeah. you who know me, like, I'm all women's rights and stuff. But I also understood, understood. you know, I understood the, the logic behind it. Mm-hmm. And, and you know what? At the end of the day, it was a payday. And it was like, right. well, I can work well, a whole really lot was... and do this or I cannot well, work. They, it's, it's, but it's kind of, but it's kind of too, like, WWE because they're obviously the top dog, sets the standard of what fans want to expect. And I'm not making excuses, but I think maybe that's what kind of, like, really attracted you, like the era you're talking about, Mm -hmm. like Lita. Because Lita's a big, very much a feminist, too. Mm -hmm. Very much, you know, women's rights and everything Mm -hmm. are incredibly important to her. It's what I love about her. She stands up. um, She really stands up for her beliefs. And that was important to her, too. Like, that era with her and Trish... They began to make, I think if you probably look at it, that's probably when that transition was really happening of when when they started to bring that respect to women's wrestling and get it taken serious and take it away from, I mean, there was bra and panties matches on every Every, week on on, uh, on Raw. So, like, it became, that's what, and that's, and we did that. Lingerie battle royals, you name it. I mean, it was was a cringe time. We we used to have them at Michael's 8th Avenue, and we did, but it's what... Like, the foundation was laid for what wrestling fans wanted right. to see based of what, off what they saw on Raw. Right. Like, they wanted to see in person what they were seeing on TV Monday right. nights. And you that's know, the reality. You know, as the yeah. performer that yes. I booked you in, that yep. I never... I never booked you and Candy and Dawn yeah. in those matches to exploit you right. or make you feel less of yourself. You yeah. know, and I know you would have always stood up if you felt that yep. way. It was just what... 
women's wrestling was at the time, and yep. we were following that recipe. But, Dan, it wasn't yeah. only that, and this is why I respected you as a promoter, because as much as you had Tara and Dawn rolling around, you also had Alexis Lurie and Flipper, mm-hmm. one of right. the last graduates mm-hmm. of females out of the Bonebreakers sure. Academy, right, Angela, yeah. doing, doing like, so you would balance it. Right. Sure, you'd have TQM, Total Quality Management, the, and... You know, kind of like a cat fight yeah. at ECW style. Yeah, they were right. Oh, but then yeah. on the se- but, right, yeah. But then the, on the, the se- more politically way, <laughs> as politically correct a way as you could put it, then right. an evening gown match. Yeah. You just got stripped down to your underwear. And it, it was great being in called in between both worlds. Like right. so, I was there. You know, during the during that period, and then also the period you mentioned with Flipper mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and Mickey, and you know, we were working the. You know, we were able to get these people who maybe tuned in at first to see. Oh, is she? going to lose her top but now they're staying to watch the actual wrestling yes. I mean yeah. we were booked on these girl shows as we were before intermission we were brought in to be the 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 wrestlers you know and then right. they would clear it out and then they'd bring in the other girls you right, know and so right. I did hundreds of shows with Mickey and that I mean it was it was a great time period it's it's so different than anything it, it you're is. experiencing well, because, like, now looking back and looking at like because I, I have like no choice because of homework and whatnot you know to study mm-hmm. and going back to like what it was before I'm like man things have changed <laughs> right like, it really has changed and whatnot versus like I think it was a WrestleMania where they did like a Playboy like, oh yeah pillow fight yeah yes. without ah. a doubt without I've a doubt done, I've been in pillow fights I did <laughs> a, we, somewhere in Pennsylvania yeah, Kim and Candy and I did a we did a pillow match. We did, yeah, it was just a different time. But you know, here we are, and you know, women's wrestling is being elevated mm-hmm. and being taken more seriously. And I, I wanted and, to tell you that even in the dojo or Future of Honor ROH, like it doesn't matter. I want to continue on mm-hmm. doing that. I want to continue to elevate myself proving that I belong in here and like the women's matches or the women's division in general. And we can draw money just like the men can. Sure. I mean, look at the women's, uh, you know, Royal Rumble. I mean, 20 years ago, that would never have happened. Ever. You wouldn't have been able to find 30 women to put in a Royal Rumble. Not unless all the women were in in their arms. And it was was putting in the middle of the ring. Right. 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 Like, really, that's what it would have been. That's how they would have been. A gravy bowl match. A gravy bowl. Exactly. That's how it would have been like, this is how it has to be presented. All of them in bikinis. Yep. You know what right. I mean? And, yeah. and gravy. In the, yeah. you know, and now yeah. we're exactly. at a point where you're talking about elevating. Which is a great idea. <laughs> no. I'm just kidding. No, I'm just no. Kidding. Well, no, well, no, no, no. You're right because it was tied into Thanksgiving. Right. So right. at the time when everyone's going down and getting their food, oh you're marketing a gravy. She is like, right. don't even think about it, Danny. No. no chance. Having wrestled in food on multiple occasions, I can tell you that that is not something I would I ever wish on anybody. I don't want to have anybody. my whole entire gear ruined no, it was the it time, does. and it's yeah. all things like, for the better. And I had, like, gear that I would wear. Like, I, I definitely like think Amy and Trish, Lita, mm-hmm. are probably some of the, the pioneers that changed it and, and yep. brought it back to where it is today, like, got it away from that era. Well, I mean, really, Trish started out in that era. She, she started yeah, she was out. Yeah, she model. Yeah, she Absolutely. Was, well, she was, yeah. and her, well, her group was called TNA. Right, TNA. Yeah. Sure. You know, she really didn't do anything but walk down to the ring, and then finally, you know, she got But involved, they definitely... But, Change the perception. Oh, absolutely! Yeah. Through they, the hard, through the hard work and standing up and saying no, this is a direction we want to go. And in. when I started, I wanted to be a wrestler. Like I didn't want to sell for any of that mm-hmm. stuff. Like I didn't want to be in my underwear in front of people. Like I did. I wanted to be taken seriously. But I also recognized at that point in time mm-hmm. that's not where women's wrestling was. It was either 
you know, do this and get booked mm-hmm. or don't do this and don't get booked. So, you know, and, and I don't mean that in like a, you know, a power play kind of way. I just mean that was the reality of the time because it reflected what was on TV. Mm-hmm. So to to come full circle and to, you know, have women's wrestling being taken seriously is like everything I had hoped to you know, see, and I'm happy to see you experiencing that and the other women that we have here and, you know, other ones that we've talked about, like Trish and so forth. And yep, real and quick, real quick, mm-hmm. just to defend myself as a promoter, too. Okay. No, 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 I didn't mean it no, no, I know, I know, I know, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I know, but it's no different than at that era in that late 90s era of like everything ECW was doing when we would do like Fort Meade and I'd say, hey, we got to do like the thumbtack. Oh, yeah. Or we got to do barbed wire. And I would say, I'll do it. Right. I'll get thrown in thought. But we got to do it because this is ECW's hot and yep. it's violence. Or we got to do the chair shots. We got to have chair shots and unprotected chair mm-hmm. shots. Mm-hmm. I'll take the chair shot. But it was like that violence. It was, it was no difference than that. Like, yep. this is what's becoming hot. This is what the people want to see. So we got to give it to them. Right. So, right. It, in, a, in a sense, yeah, yes, it was exploiting women at the time. That's what it was. But it was also what people wanted, what people were being groomed. At. Yeah. This yeah, is, so it, so we know, did it with the violence, too. It laid the foundation for getting people to sit and watch yes. uh, an hour-long match with a female in it or to watch a female's Royal Rumble, you know? Like, it, it, those things wouldn't have been able to have happened 15, 20 years ago, and it's all those things that have led up to it mm-hmm. that's made that possible. And so. <clears throat> speaking of, like, talking about independent promoters, it's about that time. Oh, is it time for one of my favorite parts of the yeah. cast? Mm. Yeah. All right. Well, with that we said. we got to get filled in by Phil. we got to get filled in. That's the right. Indie Roundup. So let's take it to Phil Stamper, general manager of MCW Pro, and hear him fill us all in. All right. We'll be back with some coffee club questions. That's right. right We've got Gia. some questions for Gia. Hey, everybody, this is Philip with another independent wrestling roundup. And I have to address the elephant in the room. This last week, not a great week for some people in the world of independent wrestling. Um, there's, all the stories are going to connect. I just ask you to bear with me. The first incident occurred last week when there was an event that was announced as a charity event. Um, and on the flyer for the event, there was an individual who has been accused of sexual impropriety. Using their leverage as a person of prominence in wrestling as well as a promoter, allegedly... Um, to garner favor and to ask uh, folks to enter into a relationship with them. And if they did, there were opportunities. And if they didn't, they might be denied opportunities. Again, all accusations. Um, and since that came out, that charity event no longer occurring. Connected to that, a different company may have been financially involved and there were some questions about it. So now that company has lost an event that was going to be happening next week. And I'm not addressing the accusation. I want to be very clear about this. But this is going to connect back to another point in just a moment. Separate from all of that, a promoter for a different company um, was found to be on a sex offender registry list. He had not really disclosed his real name. Somebody found out somehow, um, and that information came to light. And on uh, his accord the uh, information about the activities he did to be on the sex offenders registry list, which involved reprehensible acts with children, um, was found out. And so the question that came up that has come up before, should there be background checks, criminal background checks in independent wrestling? There are some challenges with that. Right away, there's a financial cost to engage with these third-party companies that can do these checks. These checks are very extensive. Um, they look at a, a broad base of, of uh 
criminal cases. They're, they look at national databases. So there's some digging that these reputable companies have to do to find that information as well. And those are only, and this is where it connects back to that, that first story, those would only be cases that somebody has received a conviction, not just accusations. Um, there are some, some companies that do those kinds of deeper dives, and those are super, super expensive. Um, so already there's that financial challenge of making it happen and that it may actually take an effort um, from a number of companies to come together, an agency to provide it at a cost-effective number or a, a recommendation with also some of that agency support from the state athletic commissions that supervise wrestling in a number of the states across the country. So already on that side, there's some challenges. Then you do have what's called Title VII. It's a federal act um, that would actually prevent um, the ability to do an employment check before somebody is hired. Now, here it's a little bit of a trick of language. Basically, you hire someone, and then you can run a background investigation into them. And if they have an action that they did when they committed a criminal act that they've been convicted of that then would come in conflict with the work that they do, then they could be removed from that opportunity. And some of those nuances vary by state. So what Maryland does is not the same as what Virginia does. So even across the board, there is already some struggles and challenges because it's very specific by location. Um, so it, it does garner that question. Should there be background checks? Um, I'd like to know what some of you think. Um, but let's look to the future. Let's look to hopefully bigger and brighter days ahead. Um, lots of action that take, that is taking place this coming week. First on IWTV.live or independentwrestling.tv. You can also watch on their app, IWTV. Brand new episode of Heavy Metal Wrestling out today on Wednesday. Brand new episode of Limitless Wrestling's The Road on Thursday. Brand new episodes from C4 Wrestling Mixtape as well as Beyond Wrestling's Signature Series and an event from Unsanctioned Pro. And then on Saturday, Sean Henderson presents. And on Sunday, Create a Pro out of New York. Then Fight TV. Already out with brand new episodes from Ring of Honor and SWA Championship Wrestling on Friday. Pro Wrestling Australia on Saturday. Independent Wrestling Expo 3 out of Texas. And on Sunday, action from Pro Wrestling NOAA. Other live events taking place this coming Thursday out of Georgia. WWA 4 out of Rhode Island. Extreme Wrestling Alliance and out of Tennessee. 127 Pro Wrestling and out of Utah. Devotion Championship Wrestling. Then on Friday, out of Georgia, Georgia Independent Professional Wrestling and Platinum Championship Wrestling. Out of Indiana, Pro Wrestling Trainwreck. Out of Tennessee, excuse me, Great South Wrestling Federation and Heavyweight Championship Wrestling, as well as KWF, Resolute Wrestling, and Southern Wrestling Federation. And then also Friday, out of Texas, Lions Pride Sports. Then on Saturday, out of Alabama, Pro South Wrestling and Victory Championship Wrestling. Out of Arkansas, Revolutionary Wrestling Entertainment. Out of Florida, Gangrel's Wrestling Asylum and Generation Championship Wrestling and out of Georgia, Southern Violence and Wrestling, Southern Wrestling Association and out of Indiana, Tradition Championship Wrestling out of Michigan, two events from Horror Slam out of Mississippi, Battlezone Championship Wrestling out of New Jersey, Pro Wrestling Magic out of North Carolina, Next Revelation Lucha Libre out of Ohio, Ascend Pro Wrestling and out of Tennessee, All Pro Wrestling, Intense Championship Wrestling Asylum, Revive Pro Wrestling, Tennessee Wrestling Alliance, out of Texas, Day 2 of Independent Wrestling Expo 3, Metroplex Wrestling, Texas Prodigy Pro, and out of Utah, Day 2 of Devotion Championship Wrestling, and out of West Virginia this Saturday, All-Star Wrestling. And then on Sunday, out of Florida, Gangrel's Wrestling Asylum, out of Georgia, Mucha Lucha Atlanta, out of North Carolina, Excalibur Championship Wrestling, and out of Tennessee, School of Morton, and Southern Underground 
Pro. That's my report for this week. I hope to see you next week. I hope we all have a much better week as we look at the week ahead. Have a good one. My name is Phil Stamper. All right, and there was Phil giving us some uh, some hot piping tea going on in the world of independent wrestling right now. Some not too pleasant things to discuss. Uh, a couple companies have essentially been deleted um, after the actions canceled. of a few. Yeah, yeah canceled. canceled. That's the culture that we're in right now. Yep. Um, and I don't think we really need to stay on it too much. Uh, no, and you know what? If fans want to talk uh, about it further, they can go to Ask NCW Cast or send us an email or send <clears> us a message. We, we, we'll address things here. In fact, that's what we're actually going to be addressing next is some of our uh, coffee club members have sent in questions, and we've got some fan questions as well. So, um, Gia, uh, one of our coffee club members would like to know if and when, um, and I'm going to take out the if part, when you get (laughs) called to WWE to either Raw or SmackDown, who would you like your first match to be against and why? Thank you, Dan, for that question. I, uh... For each brand, uh, one would be Charlotte. The reason why is because she's very athletic, she's very gifted, and she I can't take my eyes off her. It's something about her that makes me look like, all right, I want to kind of wrestle her so that we could go toe-to-toe and see like how we are with each other. Uh, another person is Bianca Belair. I've, I love her. I love her. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I loved her the moment she uh, entered into the, uh, what is it, the Mae Young Classic. Mm-hmm. I, I love it. She's she's muscular. She, she She's like... She's, like, everything to me. Like, she's beautiful and whatnot, and she's someone who, like I said, she can kick butt, Mm -hmm. she can go. And um, another person would be Naomi. Like, even in the beginning, like, when, like, they were in the diva era, uh, she was always athletic. Mm -hmm. She looked like she had, like, a fun, happy personality, and I feel like I can kind of see myself in her, Mm -hmm. and I feel like I could go toe-to-toe with her as well. Great. All right. Now, I have another question for you, uh, and this pertains to MCW. Ooh. Who would you like to face? I know earlier in the show tonight, you mentioned about seeing Black Wall Street yes. when you were a fan sitting in the front row with your uncle. So yes. I want uh, we want to know um, if Amber Rodriguez from Black Wall Street were yes. to return to MCW, could you see yourself in a feud or facing her? Yes. I, like... I want it to happen so bad, and it would be even better if it was for the women's uh, championship anytime, place because mm-hmm. she is the person that I looked up to for inspiration when I first started off, and for her to, you know, be coming back, it, it could be any time. I'm prepared for it. I want to make this happen not only for myself, but also for the MCW fans. It's kind of like a clash of back in the day versus, like, what's happening mm-hmm. now. So oh, I think our fans would yes. 100% be behind <laughs> seeing the two of you face off. And that's interesting that came up because I was actually just recently talking with Amber, just touching base mm-hmm. through social media, and um, she mentioned um, wanting to wrestle you. So I, mm-hmm. think, I think I could make that happen. Ooh. I would yeah. love to uh, be right in the middle happen. of that happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe for nostalgia's sakes, Tara, you could uh, yes. put on the zebra stripes. You remember we used to sometimes <laughs> oh, have you yes, be like a yes. special guest referee. Yeah. I guess it's I just a matter of, of not if, but when. Yeah. We're, we're kind of in this, we're still paused, yes. you know, right. but I think we're getting closer to, um, you know, closer to coming back. Yeah. I think it's getting closer and closer every week. And uh, yeah, maybe not if, but when. Yeah. 
So yeah, okay. I would definitely right. love to see that. And like I said, be right in the middle of y'all, uh, <laughs> considering we were there at the at the beginning of this yes. championship to then. Once we're back to getting underway mm-hmm. with things, mm-hmm. right there to kick yeah. off the season with a women's championship match. I'd love it. That sounds awesome. I think so, too. And I think our fans would 100% want to see that as well. Great. Well, Gia, uh, that's uh, episode eight of the MCW cast. We want to thank Woo! you again for joining us here. <laughs> uh, yeah, we really appreciate it. It was a good conversation. Mm-hmm. Thank you for yeah. having me. Entirely fun. Love to do it again. We would love to see you again, and I think we may have just spoke a little bit of things into existence with the future of MCW and that championship, and yes. maybe seeing you in the middle of the ring tangling with Amber uh, when we can when we can resume this pause. Yeah, keep keep coming on down to the MCW Training Center and kicking butt. I know you're uh, keeping yourself primed and ready for when we come back. Yes. Well, with that said, I'm uh, Larry Legend. I'm Tara. And I'm Dan. And we'll see you, see you next time, Tuesday at 8, for another edition of the MCW Cast.